This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast. I am Stanford Chidge and this is our kind of little addition to the the normal Monday and Friday night shows which we call In Off The Post because it is where we uh, basically, when we get a a whole load of emails and letters and what have you, uh, too many to fit into our Monday show, we do a little kind of one-off In Off The Post show which is what we're doing tonight. And uh, of course, as ever, I am joined by the premium voiceover artiste of his generation, the one and only Jonathan Kidd. Who better to read out emails from the listeners than you, JK? Oh, oh Chidge, thank you so much for the smoke blown firmly up my fundamental. No. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, it is, in fact, of course, it's in off the post, as in post bag. Indeed. An expression we don't hear much anymore, do you, really? A post bag. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, lovely to be uh, here with you, just the two of us. Yeah, just the sure. two of us. Yes, indeed. I quite enjoyed it last week, actually. It was, I mean, you know, because we, 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 we thoroughly uh, love and embrace the fact that we have a whole team of people behind the Chelsea fan cast and we get to play with them. I mean, I've kind of cut it down to three a show, haven't I, at the moment, yeah. which is a bit yeah. naughty of me, but it kind of makes sense. But we never, ever really have ever done shows where it's just you and me, and I th- I really enjoyed it. That the other one. I thought it worked really well. You know, you and I had a bit of fun, didn't we? Very good fun, very yeah, good fun. You don't have to... Um to work out whose turn it is to speak next. You, you just you just shut up and then the next one comes in. It was perfect, wasn't it? There we yeah. go. Well, we, we reply to each other, which we, is, you know, yeah. a first. It's a first, it isn't is. it? I know, I know. Right, we've yeah. got a whole load of emails uh, tonight and a few from the website and a few, uh, I think, a, a Patreon message or two, which is a lovely little, uh, you know, selection. And the first one is uh, JK for you. And it is from, I think, goodness me, Jack, Jack, Jacek, Jacek, Ostoya would be my guess. But Chidge, it's got a killing joke tune in it. Surely you should be doing that one. I'll do the song. You do the the email. I love it. I love it. I just thought I'd point that out. No, you were right. I've just realised that. I am afraid. <clears throat> killing joke have passed me by. I'm going to I'm see a... them. I'm going to see them in the Albert Hall. You are you are a, a faithful fan, and I I don't know how they've just I've just missed them. They just yes. didn't. They don't figure in my. Canon, my oeuvre of music. I don't know what, you know. They, 
They're minding. They're, well, they're, they're, a, they're, a, they're a bit of a, you know, they're not to everybody's taste. No, that may be it. I yeah. may have heard and gone, Ugh. Yeah, I mean, I, I listened to Jeff Beck's Truth recently, thinking, why did I miss this when it's supposed to be the nearest to Led Zeppelin? And of course, it was because Rod Stewart was singing on it in a kind of untuneful way, despite being a great singer, Rod Stewart. Mm. But it, and it, and I remember thinking, oh, this is why I didn't like this, because I didn't like it. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, um, my, yes, anyway, here we go. Um, uh, Jacek, is it Jacek Ostoya? Um, gents, long-time listener, first-time emailer, hailing you from L.A., the mothership. My mother's, I'm pissed. L.A., uh, the mothership. Oh, L.A., the mothership. Do you know where that is? L.A. Yes. L.A. I think it's actually L.A. Oh, L.A. L.A. God, La La Land. That's so crap of me, isn't it? Yes, L.A. God, God save us. Yes, L.A., the mothership. Going to keep this brief as you're all busy blokes. Well, not really. You could be. You could make it a bit longer next time if you want. Actually, um, I have what I believe to be the quintessential Enzo Fernandez chant. Okay, it'd be better than the one they've got at the moment. Well, they haven't got one at all. Am I talking about? I'm thinking of uh, Felix. God, that Felix one's so ancient. Um, uh, one that spans generations is sure to get blood pumping and hands clapping in the Matthew Harding lower, if not the entire bridge. It won't happen in the uh, the East and Middle. Trust me, trust me, Jacek. Um, and I want to share it with your magnificent Chelsea proselytizers, analysts, and storytellers. Well, they're on another pod because it's not us. Nope, we're we're not proselytizer, analysts, and storytellers. Sung to the tune chorus of '80s by Killing Joke. Over to you, Chidgeruni. Well, which just as Jonathan was saying, just happens to be arguably my favourite ever band, and uh, I will. And you, what I would say, I'm sure it's Jashek, but I, I'm sure you'll 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 correct us if we're wrong. I think you got it the wrong way round, so I'll sing it how I think it should be done, which is do 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 Enzo do 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 Enzo do 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 Enzo. It's you know I think there's it's got a little bit of mileage to it. I quite like it, and it's by Killing Joke. So you you've got a fan in me. Uh, for that one, um, and here on that point, actually, two two related points, J.K. I'm yeah. not a fan of that bloody Conor Gallagher chant. What is all that about? Do do do. I I can't work out the do do do's in that. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it's Conor Gallagher, a... do 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 do. Conor Gallagher, do 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 do. What the fuck is all that about? Is this because they can't work out any fucking lyrics? <laughs> you fucking numpties. Um, no, it is, a, it is a, it's a little riff, isn't it? It's a little riff. It's probably some wanky dance track that should have been stamped, strangled at birth. But... It's a little riff from yeah. a dance. Well, yeah. I, I'm feeling distinctly old. Now, this is more my cup of tea and yours. Uh, I One of my favourite, and Marco's, one of Marco's favourite, all-time favourite chants was to uh, for Mario Stanich. Which was uh, the Deep Purple's Black Knight. Stanich. Stanich, which was genius. Yeah, clever. Was it ever sung, though? Yeah, it was. In Gate 17, it was. It was a bloke. It wasn't me or Marco invented it. It was some bloke who sat. Well done. Can I just, since we're doing the chants, can I respond to the. Yes, good idea. Adia Shield one, which is. 
Now I think obviously that was supposed to be Badi Badi Ashile Bada Bada Shile Badi Ashile Badi Um which um I quite like, but once again it's slightly esoteric. I mean who's gonna do it, you know? I mean it's clever. Clever. I love it. I love it. But, you know, if I was to start it off in the East End, I'd be thrown out. So, you know, I can't possibly do that. So somebody else has to grab hold of that and have a go at it. And then three people have to do it regularly, don't they? Yeah. Away. Yeah. And I, I'm, just, I'm just being very old man about this. The, the, all these songs seem to be awful fucking dance tracks. You know, but uh, I, I will say this, actually, this is talking about a good segue and to try and make this into a five hour show. And I, I noticed this in your um, in your in your wonderful fan bite last night. But I can't wait to talk to Ben uh, McFadden from uh, Borussia, the Borussia Dortmund yeah. Lutner, yeah. and say, mate, what is it with these bloody Germans always singing Bananarama and uh, and uh, Culture Club songs? And also... Because um, it's rubbish, mate. Bonnie, Bonnie Tyler. Were they lost in France? No, it was another one. It was... Um, uh, I, wish they'd, uh, I wish they'd lost heartache. in Germany, mate. Heartache, yeah. Well, nothing but a heartache. Yeah. That one. Really? Well, they, they definitely did the Bananarama one, which, of course, you knew the original too in yeah, the 60s. Yeah. Steam, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they definitely did a Culture Club one. I, I, I recognised that. And I just thought... You see, that's the kind. You see, you know, this is my point about about chance in general. I sit there being all kind of judgmental and and, and about it, going, "You're singing bloody banana rama and culture club songs here. What kind of a bunch of wanky fans are you?" <laughs> right? You know. And now we're getting our lot choosing dance tunes. I'm. I think it's time for me to leave, isn't it, J.K.? Anyway, enough from the grumpy old man here. Um, right. This is from uh, David Moore. No, hang on, I haven't done that. Oh, haven't you? You've not finished it? I'm so sorry. (laughs) Sorry, mate. That's okay. We're supposed to do it uh, uh, ad nauseam. Well, I think, you know, somebody tried for three bits and that'll be the end of that. Three three goes. And I think it's all right. Leave it alone. It's good. I like it. No, no, but it's it's a riff, you know, once again, you know. Well, why not? They're all riffs. Um, no, they're not all rich. This is the trouble. Anyway, the recent ones are. Thank you. Love all you do. Love the commitment to Chelsea, the club. We all love. Love the banter. Love the analysis. Love the venting. Love the guests. Love the therapy. Love the show. Love the love. Yes. Up the Great stuff. Great stuff. Love it. Good one to start of. L.A. Chelsea Blues. He's mm, at. Yeah, I should have it at the end. I would have said L.A. Get it. I get it. Proof yeah, of proof are needed that J.K. and I never read these beforehand. Exactly. Which I like it because they then become... It becomes of the moment, you know? I like that. I agree. I agree. Right. Uh, Second time round, this is from David Moore. He says, Dear Chidge and JK, long-ish time listener, first time writer, I write this to you after listening to your In Off The Post email special whilst milking 2,000 cows in rural New South Wales, (laughs) Australia. Bloody hell, that is a first for this show. Well done, David. But they won't be done individually, though, Chidge. Oh, they, really? They, I was hoping they kind of would. What, they were like then you go round each one, you know. Here you go, Bertha, it's your turn now. <laughs> I yeah. think that might take all day or even all week. But I think they just don't, they just come in and they attach the, the milking things to them, don't I, they? I was watching some really weird, um, actually, it was with the delightful, um, I can't remember her name now. Oh, for fuck's sake. 
Uh, she's quite. She's a presenter. I quite fancy actually. That's basically it. Um, Julia begins with a B. She did a program about Australia. She was wandering around Australia. Anyway, whatever. She she was wandering around Australia, and anyway, she she went somewhere kind of in the middle of Australia, and they had Julia Boomerang. No, not Julia Boomerang. Uh, anyway, she she uh, she went to uh, some ranch, and the 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 ranch area where you know where they had their cattle was bigger than Wales. <laughs> and I just thought, fucking hell, mate, it's a big country, isn't it? Anyway, we digress. Um, so yeah, he, uh, David was milking two thousand cows in rural New South Wales, Australia, which mainly and, and our podcast mainly consisted of talk about Potter and his fit or potential lack thereof as Chelsea head coach. As I was listening, I had a sudden eureka moment of what Bolian Co might value in his profile as a manager. They've made a big song and dance about how their philosophy is driven fundamentally by data, stats and player analytics. This means whoever is at the helm cannot be themselves a big personality ego as they're going to have to manage whatever players they're given, whilst not alienating players deemed to be a good fit. I may be way off the mark here, but it could be at least a consideration for them. Wish you both all the best and keep doing all that you do so well. Up the Chelsea and up the fancast. Dave, 30 years and 350 days. So this that, is almost 31. Well, indeed, because if he sent this in last week, yeah. hey, for all we know, Dave, it could be your birthday today, in which case, happy birthday. Or <laughs> it, it could be your birthday by the time you listen to it, in which case, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you on whatever day it is. We don't know. Yeah. Happy to you, Dave. Um, uh, I, I think he's, he's. I think he's onto something. Yeah, actually. I agree. You do because I think I think the role of the of the coach is becoming less important as a figurehead. The dilemma is we, he keeps having to make media pronouncements uh, because we're so. I'm uh, particularly me. I'm so fixated on his his inadequacies. I never realised he had to speak to to the media so often, and each time he does it, to me, he puts his foot in it and. But if if the pressure is taken off him by the way the club is run, in a sense, there ought to be somebody else to do it. We discussed this the other day about the the, the, the significance of the director of football be, be, not having been appointed yet. And it was going to be this guy, Edwards, wasn't it, um, who'd been at Liverpool. And I wonder whether ultimately the, those those duties could be shared or does it have to be the manager just because... He is. I get the impression now that he's actually having great difficulty in because he actually said the day I don't pay any attention. I don't even know what social media is, and I I don't pay much attention to stuff. He clearly is having a problem because he he's now just repeating himself over and over. The well, the end. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't I don't know if he's having a problem, but I I think oh. I think I think what he's what he's saying is. I mean, look, I think he's he's not he's not a big personality. Um, no. I think it's no coincidence that he's a very stats-driven guy because people who and, I'm, and I and I know this is an almightily horrible generalization, so do please you know wrap some context around that. But people, a bit yes, people who like stats are basically fucking nerds. All right. Now here's the clue: I don't like stats. I am not a nerd. J.K. doesn't like stats. He is not a nerd. In fact, you could say that J.K. is not boring. You know, that, that would be one way of putting it. Um, and dear old Super G is uh, is very into his stats. Um, I mean, look, he hasn't got a big personality or an ego, as David said. I have no problem with that. And as I've said many, many a time, um, whilst I might not find his 
press conferences massively interesting or engaging. I would I would hate for him to try and change his personality just because we think they're a bit boring. I'd ra- much rather he was authentically boring than inauthentically big personality. However, 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 um, what I would say is that I also think he's a very modern 21st century manager, JK. And remember, I have I, I professionally have interviewed a lot of modern footballers and I have interviewed a lot of modern managers and I have interviewed a lot of, uh, you know, old ex-players and ex-managers. Guess who were the most interesting ones to interview? The the mad old ones. Yes. Why was that? Because they had no restraint and they were allowed to do whatever they wanted. Yes. And more to the point, none of them have been media trained to tell you nothing. Of course. So when he gets repetitive, he's basically got in his head, this is what I absolutely will not talk about. And this is the answers I will give when they ask me questions about things that I will absolutely not talk about. That is the structure there. No, but I think when I said uh, he was having a problem, I meant was he was struggling because he was being asked complicated questions to which the banal responses that he had do not fit. So he's coming up against uh, the, the, the banality of having to repeat, we did well, we were positive. Um, it's progress, it's progression to being asked quite a complicated question about why they aren't scoring. But I, know, I think he doesn't like the press. Hanging into it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he I does. Don't, I don't think he... Johnny Vaker, what I'm really saying is, I don't think, yeah. he, think he gives a flying fuck what he no. says yeah. to them. I don't think he cares. I think he thinks, you're irrelevant to me. I'm coaching the club. I'm doing what I'm going to do. And I don't care what you think. You're not important to me. I don't care if I sound stupid. I don't care if I don't tell you anything. Because you know what? I just don't care. I I get the impression he does care a bit though, because to to give a um, an interview where you're struggling with your vocabulary for me isn't. Uh, you don't think so? I, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with a bit of cod psych, cod psychology, and I'm and I'm not analysing you, all right? Because if I was, I would expect you to be paying me. Now, I know you very well, and I love you dearly, as you know. And uh, uh, no, no, there's no but. This is there's no bad side to this. You are one of the best communicators I've ever met, and I've been on the planet a long time, and I'm pretty damn good myself. But I, I admire and respect your ability to to communicate, to connect with people by using the beautiful language, which is English, and your your vocabulary and your use of it is absolutely superlative. It is therefore probably your greatest strength, your greatest asset. It is something that I think quite rightly you're proud of. You actually make and have made a decent living out of it. It's important to you. You have an because you're an emotional kind of guy as well. You're emotionally attached to that. You're emotionally connected to that skill that you have. I think it offends your sensibilities to the extent it's like somebody shitting on your head whenever Graham Potter crucifies something that you value so highly. And also... Things we value hugely, we're protective of. And he threatens that in some way. And I think that's what really sticks in your craw and gets you cranky about it. Because frankly, frankly, you're cranky. <laughs> um, I think that's 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 neatly observed. But um, uh, yes, he is. Uh, it, 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 no, part of it is that um, I suppose he's, he, I'm asking him to do another job in each instance and not go and back not, to brighton is basically what you're saying 
No, I'm, asking, I'm asking him to be, as well as being a manager of a football team, I'm asking him to be a figurehead. because yeah. Well, he's not. He, and he's not. And we've been spoiled by, um, as we keep going back over this, uh, the, some of the great managers we've had. You, you look back on the last 20 years, we have had some absolutely fabulous managers. Yeah. AVB, and... Rafa Benitez, Maurizio Sarri. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, those are the those are the thorn, the thorns amidst the uh, the roses. The rose has got to have a thorn, you know. I mean, AVB in his own way was a brilliant communicator because he yes, was he so fucking well. mad. Yes, yes, with his yes. organograms and whatever. While he was crouching, orgasmatrons. Yes. Crouching, watching the game from a different <laughs> angle. I just kept thinking, is he having a poo? I know, uh, but. Um, uh, yes, apart from those obvious. Well, Benitez <laughs> was a pretty good uh, communicator, even though we didn't um, like what he said. Yeah, but I didn't. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry, and it is probably you know borderline racist to say it, but it used to fuck me off with his massively accented Spanish, you know, aphorisms. Like he used to in a Josie de Club. I used to hate that. I, that's, that's borderline <laughs> racist. I know. Sorry, people. Sorry, people. I don't mean to be bad, but. I used to fuck. Anyway, but let's let's fold this beautifully. Thank you for the for the uh, the, the observations. I appreciate it. It's, 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 it, um, it despite being um, uh, cod analysis, it was uh, it was nice to know. And yes, it's it's absolutely true. I I um uh I, I like things to be expressed, but I just like decent logic. I like I like people coming to good conclusions. I like people um being honest about what they're saying as well. And I feel I, I part of it is that, as you say, he has he's he's done some classes on it, and um, uh, s- slightly phones it in. It's he's not really answering the questions, and it, and it, it it just gets on my nerves. I I, I I really do think it's because he doesn't care. I honestly think interesting, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, if if you if you're you know, look. If you're emotionally invested, I mean, look, I mean, I piss you off a fair amount on this show and I say some horrible things about you sometimes when I lose my temper. Um, but I do that because I care. I hadn't I hadn't noticed. No, I, it's not working for me, anybody. Anyway, you know, I, I do it actually because I'm emotionally invested in this show and I'm emotionally invested in you. So I care. So sometimes my emotions get the better of me. If I If I didn't care about you or the show, I just wouldn't engage with you, would I? And I think that's what we're talking about here. It's not important to him. The relationships that are important to Potter are Bowley and the and the management team at the club and the players because his interaction and emotional engagement with them dictate how well he does or not in his job. The media won't, in his view. In his view, I mean, I disagree. I think I think engagement with your stakeholders is massively important and I think he's underestimating that. But fair play to him. I mean, look... We don't know him. I'd never met Potter. I would love to meet Potter, actually. I would love to sit down for an afternoon and talk to him and really find out what makes him tick. I suspect he's a he's a much more emotionally intelligent and driven than any of us are giving him credit for. But I think he's being a smart... In, in his own head, he's being a smart guy and choosing to ignore what he doesn't think matters. Mind over matter. What minds doesn't matter, what matters doesn't mind. Or he gets very nervous about the having to deal with the media. Yeah, and maybe. Just, and resorts to um, platitudes. Yeah, maybe, maybe. We don't know. We're just hyper. We're hy- hyperventilating and hypothecating. But anyway, but we can get on to more. But uh, um, well done, David. Nice, uh, nice to create that kind of discussion. Well, the the answer to David's question, none of which we've given him, is yeah. that you know what's the role of stats in here? And you know, I, I don't. Do you know what, David? I don't know because Tuchel actually was very famous for being a stats-driven uh, coach. 
everything he did uh was really driven by stats but i think i think tuchel got people in a different way than potter but uh you know i i think i think the f- the fact of the matter is old farts like me and jk who don't really give a toss about stats and all about you know oh it's all about the human side of it oh, you know kick them up to bollocks if they're out of order and give them a, a cuddle if they if they need that's long gone i mean all football clubs now are stats driven it's a big 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 global business for most of the big premier league clubs and 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 it's just all about analysis and stats so yeah but you're bound to have a manager who's going to be driven by that so i think in that respect i don't think he's really any different from a lot of them but that's just my personal opinion um it's your turn now. George Spencer, this is a teeny mail, George. Have you thought of making archive emails available? You'll have to answer this one, George. Mm. I'd have loved to hear the post of Robo episode, the ones from the run to the Champions League in 2012, and the episodes from when the fat Spanish waiter was in charge. Well, yeah, I should also say George sent them in two other emails as well, and then told me not to publish them because I don't know why, really, because they were all rather good. But Maybe you'll explain in your next email next week, George. But, uh, hmm, do you know what? I, d- I don't really know the answer to this. Uh, you, you you would have thought I should do, don't you? I, I, I don't think we did emails back in those days. I mean, I remember when we first started, we used to read out a lot of Facebook posts. Um, we didn't have many people who listened in those days, let alone, I mean, you know, I can remember when we had about 50 people in our Facebook group. And I do, I do know we used to read out a few of those, but I, we never used to get long emails. I, I, I can't remember it, but I seem to remember there was like a, a Rubicon moment when somebody just sent in this massive email, and in the spirit of you know, you know what I'm like, you know, everybody's making short form content, so I would always try and make long form content just to be, a, you know, a contrarian. I got this huge kind of three page letter. And rather than toss it in the bin like everybody would because it would take half an hour to read, I thought, oh, no, no, this will be fun. Let's read it out. And maybe it all started from there. But I couldn't for the life of me tell you when it was. Um, I, but I have a feeling we weren't really doing emails then. That's my gut feel. I, they, we weren't doing emails when I started. There you go. Yeah, It's around the same time. I mean, you were... Because 2012... You, you were involved in 2012, weren't you? No? Uh Oops. 2013 because that's where we started going we you started getting involved before we moved to the tv studio yes yes i did yeah yeah. well that was 2013 when we moved in there must have been it must have been post champions league then yeah you were you were my big eden hazard signing then yeah well yeah you 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 nicked me from the equivalent to uh, yeah wasn't it you nicked me from uh from the chelsea leal well, we'd we'd won the Champions League that year because if you remember, Chelsea won our we won our first uh, football content awards, best podcast award. So we won that. Chelsea won the Champions League. They signed Eden Hazard, and we signed Jonathan Kidd. We got more so, mileage out of you than Chelsea did of Eden. Yeah, but what would happen if I, where would I go if I now left? Oh, you'd, not, I'd have to sell you to London is Blue. They're like the Real Madrid of podcasts now, aren't they? And I wouldn't be very good there, would I? No, and I would laugh. You know, yeah. I, I would sell you to London is Blue because they're the Real Madrid of Chelsea podcast now. And you would sit there every every evening doing a podcast and say, oh, I don't know what to say and oh, I can't think of my words. And, you know, and it would be fucking hilarious. And I, and I wouldn't be phoned up to no. be asked to be on it. And I'd be on the subs bench. Yeah. And you would, you would, yeah. And not get on or come on for five minutes at the end. Yeah. And you would come on maybe and say, oh, I can't come on tonight because I'm injured, you know. Yeah. Or I get a bit bit fat. I'm, I'm eating a hamburger. Sorry. It's more important I'm than you. 
be able to make it to the microphone. Yeah. Right, we're getting some knowledge from people here. You see, this is why we have <laughs> listeners, right? Brian Justman, the lovely Brian Justman, probably the loyalist of all Chelsea fancast listeners, he says, yes, 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 you were doing emails from as soon as the show left Putney Station. Wow. Oh. There you go. So we were kind of right. We kind of got it right. Bloody hell. Who knew? Right. This is from Mark Smith. He says, uh, hi, Chidge and Jonathan. Uh, I was going to take my time getting to this, but I can't contain my rage at the absolutely awful decision not to award Chelsea a penalty. So we're talking about uh, last week's. Uh, Amers, the Amers, the Amers. The Irons, the Irons. Irons, Irons, Don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm not expecting a penalty because the ball happened to strike a player's arm hand. No. I am expecting a penalty when there is an obvious hand-to-ball incident. I would challenge any official to intentionally drop to the ground, as Suchek did, and not place their hand palm down and not palm facing the ball, so they stop their fall using the side of their hand. Only a goalkeeper would do that to save a shot. Had Suchek gone down and with his palm flat to the ground and the ball run over the back of his hand, fair enough, yes. I would still be hoping to get it, but I would expect... Uh, he was just bre- I would, but would expect he was just breaking his fall and not making a save as he did. It was plain to see and obvious to understand what had happened if anyone had bothered to think to really think. Uh, apart from that, there were definite signs of improvement, although still signs we could easily all fall into bad habits. Jao Felix looks sharp, as we all thought from the Fulham match, and Enzo Fernandez is proving to be a very decent player thus far. Uh, P.S. Jonathan, when is the second book on your father's career being released? Up the blues. Thanks for the podcast, guys. Still loving it after all these years. Mark Smith. I, I mean, Mark, we agree totally with everything you said on the handball and said as much on the show. So let's let's fire away at Jonathan the question you asked of him about the second book on his father's career being uh, released. Uh, it's called Never Mind the Hacting, Just Say the Words which is what uh, an actor called Akim Tamarov said to him when he was filming something called They Who Dare, which is in, um, uh, which he made in 1953. Um, and he had a very big part in it, but for some strange reason, did a kind of George Formby, acting like that, it was big like that all the way through. <laughs> which uh, uh, I don't think came across very well, neither did he subsequently. But yeah, um, uh, I've I've got to I've got to rewrite bits of it. This is the trouble, and I'm attempting to release um, his book about being a prisoner of war, which is a really harrowing, you know, true life story, which he wrote without any of my adding any of his diaries, which I did to the first one. I added diaries and little bits of writing that he had to make it um, to fill it out a bit, because um, it's based on a uh, an autobiography that he wrote. So um, there are ultimately going to be four of them. And this one is from 54 to, uh, oh, rubbish, 52 to 60. So it gets in lots of his comedy series and telly performances and um, lots of uh, significant films as well. Um, uh, but I have, I've, I've done about half of it. And I, but I, my main aim at the moment is to republish For You the War Is Over, his book on uh, five years as a prisoner of war all around Poland and Germany, um, being a slave effectively because the the Germans used um, the uh, the ordinary soldiers as slave labor um, and hardly fed them and uh, and he became a kind of emaciated almost belson like figure for a period um but it's a it's a it's a funny read but also you read between the lines it's uh, it's really harrowing 
um, and I'm having a problem with the printing of it because I foolishly, and then everybody knows about printing out there in the in Radio Land, but um, I scanned the book. And if you scan it and then attempt to get it, you make it into a Word document and then attempt when it's sent back to me as a proof, there are just hundreds of punctuation errors. And you then you pour through it, fine tooth comb and change it all back and it's fine. And then when they send it back to you again, it's got more punctuation errors. And I've done it six times and I'm now having to type it out myself. So uh, that's first. And then the next one, long answer to your question, um, Mark, I'm sorry. It'll probably be June, I would think. It'll be out. Um, but it's it, it carries on. It's fun. It's a fun read. He was a, he was a fun man, my dad. So uh, And it's full of lots of info about all the films and the people he worked with. We're getting slightly more into comedy worlds, as I say, because he started doing lots of comedy tellies with... Um, um, Arthur Askey and uh, Benny Hill he worked with um, and um, Tony Hancock uh, and then Hancock's half hour indeed indeed Couldn't and then the, the next the next book after that is called Crane and Orlando um, etc when he's uh, he's doing the big TV series he was involved in um, but yeah yeah and it sold okay on uh, on Amazon so thank you thanks so much for your interest Mark and obviously having bought the book I really appreciate it thank you mate really good thank you I've, I've just thought of something which I, I should say um uh to, to uh, the, you know I said a minute ago that uh, London is blue is uh, the Real Madrid of Chelsea <laughs> podcast I've changed my mind they're actually the PSG of Chelsea podcasts <laughs> sorry chaps but it had to be said uh, anyway, next email, Mr. Mr. Kidd. That means they, they, they've gone one nil down, haven't they? Have to... they really? Oh, yeah, they, they lost to Bayern, didn't they? Did United, um, I mean, it was one all when I uh, last looked, Barcelona. No. I was looking at the cricket, Did you watch the cricket. Yeah, I forgot to watch the highlights. Pissed off about that, anyway. Off you go. Yeah. Theo Stankolescu. Fantastic declaration at 321 for nine. Yeah, I love, I love the way that they don't let Anderson go out to bat now. I mean, after all, what yeah. is the point, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And then he bowled like a dream, like a dream. I've not, I've not seen oh. any of it. Missed it oh, all. Must, must. Anyway. Um, uh, 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 oh, it's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Theo uh, Stanoklescu. Stan, Stan Kulescu. Thank you. St Theo Stanoklescu. Uh, good day, Chidge JK. Uh, I've been wanting to write him for a while. Hope you'll bear with me as I want to touch on a few points. Uh, first of all, to JK after the feedback in uh, quotation marks you received recently. I hope the response from your fans and supporters show how much you're loved and appreciated. I, I, thank you so much, yes, Theo, yeah. I'd like to echo that love and appreciation. Oh, oh, you are touching my heart. You're one of the main reasons the Chelsea fancast is so great and you definitely are not boring. <laughs> I often have your show on in the kitchen while I cook or clean and my wife catches glimpses of your show and I catch her laughing all the time, especially when JK goes on one of his rants. She used to love your Werner rants. Yeah, that's one of the problems with him leaving, isn't it, really? Um, and she's not really a football fan. So if you can entertain her, you're definitely entertain her. You're definitely producing great quality content. Nowadays, when I watch Chelsea games and I get frustrated at certain players, I can also picture JK sitting beside me doing the same thing. For example, yelling, for fuck's sake, have us get outside. <laughs> it was, which was yelled a lot during West Ham game, and it makes me smile. Um, so then my fan by I. I'm trying to watch Havertz specifically to work out what we're missing. And he just doesn't engage as a striker. He really doesn't. He's not a striker. I, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know whether he should play for Fana. I mean, this is one of the, you know, we'll debate this tomorrow night in the fan cast, but um, it's one of the mysteries for me of what's going on in the, 
in the uh, in the whole training regime. I mean, I have to say the corners are much better. You get failures to take when you get chilly to take the other, and uh, it, suddenly they look they look really dangerous. But there's nobody on the end of them. There's nobody there who's going to get that ball in the net from the corner because nobody challenges them for the ball. But when they scored their goal last night, the um, I'll, I'll get off this quickly. Just do this. The the both headers. First of all, he should have scored from the header. Abbott from the corner. He got on. He was there on his own. Got there. Hitted it across. Such a, a mishead. Gets headed back in again. He's then kicked up in the up in the air. Zayek, for some reason, is drawn to the ball. They've got three back there, and then the fastest player on the pitch. Well, what? Why isn't Mudrik back there? Mudrik's the same pace as this bloke. Because he was ball watching. Yes. Yes. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Hi, Daniel. <laughs> Hi, um, Speaking of the West Ham game, do you think the penalty was not given because something similar happened in our favour at the end of the game last time we played them? Well, yes. Great, great possibility, Theo. Absolutely agree. Yes. This is unfortunately what we conclusions we come to because of their inefficiency. But, uh, you know, could collusion be that rife at ref- referee VAR level in the Prem? Yes. I think yes. If there's a doubt, and also you looked at what's his name, uh, the ref. He was looking through a sea of players, as always. They're always looking through seas of players. This is the idea why VAR is supposed to be so helpful, because they can't see it. But they're so egotistical. They make these these decisions. I don't know what they make them on, based on what. He could not possibly have seen it properly, because you look at him, he's, he's peering through players. So therefore, you either rely on your linesman. They don't care anymore about the linesman. Linesmen don't make the decisions. Or they rely on VAR. And anyway, um, I think one of the problems with that, as I said on the fan cast, the, uh, the shot of the straight on shot was through somebody's legs. Even the camera couldn't get it. And it looked you couldn't quite see it hitting his hand. The side on shots still pretty sure it was a penalty with the side on shots. But you know, the very fact they'll go, oh, we're not seeing it clearly. We'll go with the on-field decision. You can see that is what they're saying. They're so obsessed with on-field decisions, which is going with the referee and siding with him. Just have to look at him, though. He couldn't see it properly. Anyway, um, I mean, that was one of the most obvious penalties I've ever seen, you and me both. But on a positive note, don't say the word positive because that's what Potter says all the time. It was so refreshing to see us playing not just attractive, but effective football again. In the last few months, as much as I love watching Chelsea play, it's been difficult. It has been really difficult, Theo. I've actually found myself looking forward to listening to the Chelsea fan cast more than watching games. You guys really put on a fantastic show. What you guys think about? What do you guys think about Jao Felix? Felix, I'm sorry, it has to be our most exciting player since Hazard, doesn't he? Could he be bought permanently in the summer? Do you think? I'm sure Atletico will make us pay a handsome price if so. Well, there's a theory, isn't there, that they've they put him on at 140 million or something. Well, I read, read 107 million. That was over. talked about. But that was, you know, that was probably a made-up story in a, in a newspaper. Hey, hey, hey. But he, he's on. A, he was on. A, they put him under a. He's, he signed a long-term contract. They'll, they'll try and st- stiff us for as much as they can, knowing that we'll pay stupid money. They'll get it. They'll get it. They will get it. We they don't care. They will buy him. He's made a very good friendship with with Chilwell. I've noticed, by the way. He, he and they were talking to each other. Ooh, and, oh, oh, talking yeah. of Chilwell. I did. Yeah. Uh, I was on uh, the sports bar on uh, the other yeah. night with old good old Jace yeah, and Jamie yeah. O'Haha, your new best mate. Um, and do you know what? I got it in. I said, "Wing Commander Chilwell." Fantastic. And they didn't even fucking notice it. The silly sorts. Oh, oh, but oh. I felt good that I'd managed to do it. 
He was good though, Chidge, wasn't he? He was, and he's lovely. I think he gets on with everybody. I think he's a very popular yeah. member of the squad. Yeah. And I think he's an absolutely fucking diamond human being and a fantastic footballer. Yeah. And it's good yeah. to see him back. I got worried he, he limped off, didn't he? Is he all right? Yeah, well, perhaps that's the trouble, you know. Perhaps he's not quite there with it. But um, uh, no, I, he's he's such a different player from Cucurella. You know, it's all well, but, you know, let's not diss Cucurella, but... Uh, um, his desire to get forwards, his his crossing ability, his also his foot, his skill, football skill, little passes in and out, little little sideways passes and back. By the way, speaking of Felix, Felix did a wonderful pullback. Did you see? He pulled the ball back and two players slid. Really fantastic. You player. love to see that. Oh, God. reminds me of Zola and uh, Pallister and Irwin. The, these are the these are the the. That's why the, we pay our money, mate. Yeah, but this is the sort of player that Chelsea used yeah. to many, several of. You know, we shouldn't be enthusing and exulting over. This should be the norm for the club. I'm sorry, but I there's mean, something kind of a weird, know. weird tangent here. It's quite interesting actually because I think Theo. The next thing he says is on a different tangent, but uh, I'm taking yeah. you literally, Theo. Maybe there's some mileage in this because um, Felix broke onto the scene about four years ago and was like the new wonder kid. You know, everybody was looking at him. Everybody was saying he's going to be the next, you know, Messi or whatever. And then, then it all went a bit pear-shaped because he had to play under under Simeone. And I remember we played. We, we've, I mean, he's been around so long that he was playing when we played Atletico Madrid and Morata scored that last-minute goal in the in the Wanderley, whatever it is, stadium. And he was rubbish, you know. Um, and, and look at him now. He's 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 a real class act. So I reckon there's probably an awful lot of players out there who burst onto the scene very young and then it all went a bit pear-shaped and fizzled out. But actually, they're still really talented. They just need to be in the right place. So if I was a scout, not even bothering about stats, that's what I would be looking for. Bit of value, mate. Players who were good... Who've gone? So Josh McEachran. <laughs> Let's go and re-sign him. <laughs> Who? What non-league side is he playing for now? Bless his heart. Wasn't he? He was at Brentford for a while, wasn't he? I don't think he's he there was, anymore. I think he went to um, uh, um, Milton Keynes, MK Dons. He went there as well, I think. Yeah, I mean, Brian's just said on Mixler like Havertz, and I think actually, you know, wherever Havertz goes next, he'll be brilliant. Yeah, you could put money on it, or or not necessarily next one after next. It, you can see it happening. I think that Havertz is a huge talent, but it's not happening for him at Chelsea. Having made a good start, it's not happening for him. But change of 17, environment, it could could change. Seventeen goals in seventy seven appearances. Yeah, mate. Well, he's not a number nine, J.K. Is hey, he? We keep saying I know, this. I know. Anyway, on a different tangent. On a different tangent, Theo, back to you. You made some very good points and more to come. And sorry for the long email. No, 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 no. We've we've halved it and talked about it. This is the last point I want to touch on, the situation with Man City. Hopefully people can see my perspective, especially after your last few shows, how you've touched on the toxicity of social media. Like you mentioned recently, social media is just a waste of time. And likewise, I don't pay much attention to it. But I would love to think that as a as Chelsea fans... We're the last team fans in the Prem right now to be calling for their blood, especially after what we've been through recently with the Abramovich sale, as well as our own transfer ban and accusations against not, against not just the club, but fans as well for things like supporting the war in Ukraine. 
I'm sure I speak for most Chelsea fans when I say at times we were made to feel like shit for supporting a club in that situation. We were indeed. So right now, I've nothing but sympathy for Man City fans. After all, a fan's job is to support. I like to think unconditional support, though I know this is not always true. But my point is the fans are not to blame, should definitely not be attacked. The club's hierarchy, though, is a different story. But I think we should reserve our judgment till it's appropriate to do so. I'm not saying the club should go unpunished at all. If they get found guilty, they should and will suffer the consequences. But I just listened listen to the press conference where Guardiola spoke to the press, was forced to defend and galvanise the club. All I could think of was when Tuchel was in the exact same situation for Chelsea. And while I'm not Pep's biggest fan, I felt sympathy, mainly because I felt we had just been there. Now, I, I, I'll interrupt that for a second. I saw that as well, actually, Theo. And um, I thought he did very well. And I'm, I'm not going to talk about the lack of personality with Potter doing it. I don't think Potter would do it. I don't think Potter would want to do it. But Pep has such enormous status and gravitas as a, as a hugely successful manager, possibly one of them other than winning the Champions League. But... Um, uh, uh, and also being given the, the cream of players by, by the, the small country that own the club. But um, um, my view on this is, at the moment, it's just uh, accusations. And I don't think, really, we can get too involved in it until we find out exactly how many charges stick or what the situation is. Because remember, before they were charged and they got away with a small fine um, because the, the, their legal team clearly worked their socks off to prove that they had been complying. So um, I don't think, and I know he was he was really on it and uh, was saying that he felt personally attacked, but I, 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 I don't, I think it's in its infancy, this situation. I almost don't have an opinion about it as a consequence because nothing has been decided. All that's happened is they said they found a hundred reasons going back to 2016, I think it is. So I know I, I, was it earlier than that, Chidge? I think it was twenty six. I don't know, but I, <clears throat> I would. Rem I, I think you're right. I mean, every, he was basically saying that, wasn't he? Innocent until proven guilty. City have got incredibly brilliant lawyers. You know, the Premier League are have have don't have lawyers as good, so that comes into it. They get it wrong a lot. Uh, you know, the same kind of happened with us. There's a there are people saying that basically the Premier League are doing this for show because they're trying to prove to the government that they can keep their own house in order and we don't need football governance. Yeah. Yeah, true. I wouldn't yeah, be yeah. surprised by that. And I'd just like to just to to to, to piss on, um, you know, Theo's strawberry patch a little bit about Pep because Pep also said uh, when these rumours were doing the rounds about a year or so ago, he said if City are if City are guilty of this, I will resign. He did say that. Um, but... So let's hope he remembers that when they're proven guilty. But um, if they're proven guilty, I should say. Perhaps he knows more and thinks he may have to resign. Um, anyway, this is the end of it. Now, I'm not saying go buy flowers for every Man City fan. What I'm saying is, as Chelsea fans, let's reserve our judgment, not get bogged down in the social media toxicity, because after what we've been through, I hope we can take those experiences and be better people. And football stroke Chelsea fans and football stroke Chelsea fans. Uh, hopefully you share my point of view, or at least see its relevance. As always, you guys are the shit. Thank you for everything you do. I'm delighted to be the uh, shit. Thank you. I'm, I'm pleased to be the shit as well Chid. i mean i i think i think the trouble is is we, we live in a world now any little moment of vulnerability that is shown everybody piles in you know yeah. and they even even because because people believe rumors all the time you know it's like the other guy the other day said some bloke just stuck up um transfer gossip cooler bally to be leaving um and not to play in the first team again this season i mean complete utter bollocks and it's the suddenly you get 
60 people drawn to it like flies in shit who just go, oh, really, I, I agree with this. I don't agree with it. I'm not going to. And you, so any any weakness or any story, people will will have an opinion that is frequently as bad as the actual story in the first place. So, um, you know, uh, it, it, it's I, I don't want to get it. I, I personally just want to see how it pans out. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, the toxicity is bound to happen because people want to find fault with something that's a success. But, just, the, but this is this is the problem and the symptom of, of social media, as Theo was saying. And I think I often think, I mean, OK, you know, there's a massive place for tribalism in sport, football especially, and I'm a massive subscriber to that. You know, the you know, you want to get one over them. You want to get your own back. You know, vengeance, whilst a rather unpleasant human trait is, after all, a human trait. Sometimes I, I do think that we also need to recognise that the, uh, you know, Whilst we all love our teams and we love a bit of tribalism, we're all football supporters at the end of the day as well, which actually sets us apart from another group, another bit of othering, which are all of those people that are not football supporters. So we do have, we do share common ground with all the people that we rip it out of and despise week on week, because we all love football. So I, I Theo, I agree with you. I, I have, I know, I've got mates who are City fans, and if they get hammered through no fault of their, I mean, this is the point. It's always the supporters that suffer when the Premier League. Arse and, the, and the TV companies arse around with the fixture scheduling time. It's the supporters that suffer. When a dickhead chairman overspends, look at that idiot at Leeds years and years ago. You know, when they muck it up, it's the supporters that suffer. You know, the supporters suffer all the time. And I think we can have some empathy with fellow supporters when through no fault of their own, you know, they're the ones that cop it. So good point, Theo. Well made. Right. Uh, Rob Delcini, our great mate Rob. He says, hi, Chidge and Mr. Kid. After watching Saturday's game, I'm trying to make sense of what I've seen. Indeed. No doubt you've already covered some, if not all, of my points, but here you go anyway. I like the team that started except for one individual, and it's clear that there are a number of players that will not make the cut next season. Uh, Cucurella is the most annoying player I've seen for Chelsea in a long time, and when Chile came on, it certainly highlighted the gaps in his game. He gets the ball, runs 20 yards. Sorry, he gets the ball, runs 20 yards, stops, turns around and passes the ball back the 20 yards. He has just run. Absolutely spot on. After passing the ball, he proceeds to run forward into a covered area, taking away space from the forward players. Frustratingly, he did this on multiple occasions. Don't get me started on their goal when he ran away from his opponent, then stood there and watched him cross the ball. He then threw his hands in the air to have a go at his fellow defenders. I hold him responsible for the goal by not stopping the cross. Uh, Indeed. But my main problem, which I'm hoping you can help with, is at the moment I have a devil and angel sitting on each shoulder telling me about Graham Potter. I think you need some uh, professional help with that uh, there, Robert. Uh, I can recommend a few people. Uh, No, the angel is telling me to stay positive about the project. It will take time and the coach is inexperienced at this level and is still learning. He obviously has skill, but is still unproven at the level. Todd Bowley is not stupid and obviously sees something in Potter that could be encouraging. Don't be plastic and look at the long term. The devil certainly doesn't like what he sees. Graham seems to be 15 minutes behind the play and overthinks before making changes. We start games well, but quickly he gets outthought by the opposing manager. It looks as though he is double-guessing himself and is scared to make a change. Watching the games, it was obvious to me that the players were tired and we needed some fresh legs. I would have brought uh, Cheek, Cucurella and and, uh, Wide Awakey off earlier. Also, why stick with a forward in Havertz who was looking lost? 
Give Fafana 20 minutes in the end to make a difference. Go on, son. Go and get me a goal. I, I don't know what to make of it, and I hate sitting on the fence. I have two points to make, which I would like your opinion on. One, the referee and VAR team made one massive fuck-up with the non-penalty. Fuck me, the player dived and made a save. We played against 12 men and two goalkeepers, and it seems the FA are running VAR via Braille. Also, at one stage, Cucurella passed the ball to Mudrick, who clearly got cleaned up, which was a bookable offence. Yeah, I remember that. It was... Uh, Kufal, who should have been sent off about twice, as I recall. I looked at the replay and the fucking referee was looking the other way. Nothing was given and the assistant and the fourth official would not want to undermine the pompous referee on the pitch. Spot on. My theory is the pompous nature of the referee's boys club does not like VAR as it undermines their authority while on the pitch. So fucking it up will eventually lead to it being disbanded, therefore giving full power back to the referee. That's quite a leap, Bobby D, but I kind of like it. Uh, Two. Just something left field. If I was a player on the bench, I would want to be ready to get on. But it seems they have to run back, get dressed, put their shin pads on, do some homework, sometimes go to the toilet, and then get ready to come on. Surely this can be sped up. If you start the game, you play for 90 minutes with your shin pads on, so warm up with them on. Warm up in your shirt so you are ready. And surely you can understand what your role will do, uh, role will be, so do your homework earlier. It's very frustrating when you want a fresh player on and it doesn't happen for 15 minutes. That's a brilliant... I've not noticed that, but you're absolutely right. Anyway, thanks for the great work and hopefully I will feel better Tuesday after listening to the pod. Take care, Bobby D. Can I just talk briefly about the the 15 minutes thing, the, 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 the doing their homework? The trouble is, is the... The, they can't be told what they where they're supposed to be playing or what they're going to be doing because the game will have evolved uh, in that period. So uh, it, it's a response to what's happening on the pitch once they're brought on. So that can't happen. But and um, uh, the thing about the shin pads, I, I agree really because you know we used to used to go and play having got ready in your bedroom. You know, <clears> the, you know there'd be no no changing rooms when you got there, or they'd have been vandalised and it, all the doors were broken off. So you you got changed already and put your tracksuit on. So you already had your, uh, your 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 tape and shin pads on. But so but perhaps modern players don't do that. Perhaps they have to get into the moment and be rubbed and massaged or something. Um, the um, the referees thing. In we fact, used to have um, to pay extra for that. Did you? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was what, pre-game or after the game, post-game. Both, obviously. Oh, both. I'm so sorry. Yeah, to each other or did you hire? In? No, we had to hire people. Well, oh, good. Yeah. So um, refereeing-wise, Bobby. I mean, Bobby, you are just repeating what I've said. But you know that the the appalling pompousness, the that that line, that great line, um, looking the other way, nothing. The assistant and fourth official would not want to undermine the pompous referee on the pitch is absolutely spot on, absolutely correct. And the worst offender in this has always been Taylor, who did not want ever to be told that his decision was wrong because he was in charge and everybody defers to them. And this is this is something cultural within the whole of the the cabal of refs, that they are the, the big I am on the pitch. Le and Grand Fromage. They are indeed, indeed. They are big cheeses. They are top bananas. And everything around them is supposed to assist them. And and, and I have to say, um, the best of them for me is Michael Oliver. And one of the reasons, and he makes mistakes, but one of the reasons he is the best is he's up with play all the time. His positioning is great. So he doesn't get a, into a, a position where he, he can't see what's going on. And if he does, he's very good at asking his assistant. He he appreciates the assistant is there to assist him, not to undermine him and get in his way. But the very fact that we have 
people on the pitch running the game who feel uh, they are being undermined by the team around them. Just shows you how it, this goes back years and years to their education as being referees. It somehow pushes them into this situation and also um, makes you appreciate what kind of people they are to want to have this huge attention. Um, yeah, indeed, as Chidge is doing a, a rather obvious sign involving his right hand gyrating backwards and forwards. Can you guess what it is, children? Um, coffee beans. Yeah, coffee beans, of course it is. And it's rolling the dice. That's the other one, isn't it? It's rolling the dice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, VAR does completely undermine their authority. Yeah, but also they're shit at it as well. I mean, you know, that was such a fucking obvious decision, um, uh, an obvious penalty. Um, uh, I agree with you about, about Potter. This is the problem, isn't it? He, he does make decisions just slightly too late, or, you know. But anyway, yeah, we should have put... I think one of the main things is he, he's got to make a decision about playing Havertz up front at all. I just don't think he should play him. I think he should give... Pafana 90 minutes. Perhaps they're working on that. Can't Who do knows? that in Europe. No, they can't do that in Europe. Yeah. No, he's on. He's in the... Is he? Yeah. Have I got it team. wrong again? You have him, Somebody took you. me to task for that on Twitter. I said I was washing my hair that night. That was the other Fafana. Wesley is in there. Perhaps I've got that. No, I've got that wrong. But yeah, they. I think they made a, a ridiculous decision not having Aubameyang in the setup. But then who would you not have? You know, he wants to have Mudrik, uh, uh, who didn't, didn't excel. Um the other night, uh, he wants to have Mudrik and um, um, and Felix in, doesn't he? As well as Fernandez, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think I've answered from my point of view. Um, yeah, I think that's good. Thank you. Well done. Well done, Bobby D. As always, good stuff. This is from Alex Rodriguez, Mr. Chidge, Mr. Kid. Firstly, thank you for the show and the amazing work you do. No oh, shucks. <laughs> I'm writing this after cooling down from yesterday's game versus West Ham. The first 20 minutes, while we controlled, played really well. Should have been two, two or three up by then. Back to TT times. But! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. After that, West Ham started to put pressure we could not cope with. Then the goal happens. We lose our directness. Well, actually, I think the goal, the pressure happened after the goal because it, it, the crowd got behind them and they their tails were up. And the goal happens. We lose our directness from the first 20 minutes. The rest of the match, we go back to boring potable, a.k.a. sorry ball. No cutting edge, side to side and frustration. I think the major problem, actually, um, Alex, is in the final third. I think, you know, as was even showed in the, the European game last night, the fence is looking pretty good other than a breakaway goal at speed. Um, I thought Koulibaly was excellent last night. Best game I've seen him play. Was really, you know, that justifies him being selected for, for Europe. I think we... we we suggested that on the fancast, didn't we, Chidge, that he was he would deal better with with your an European environment, and he he did. But uh, and as usual, um, Thiago was completely immaculate, other than handling the ball into the net, the Nana, when he got got to the ball first, and if he'd headed headed the ball rather than handling it, um, uh, we'd have been one up anyway. Um, uh, Havertz, dear oh dear, why was he still on the pitch after seventy minutes of nothing? Agree completely. Agree with you completely. My frustration is. We have no drive. Mudrik's fast was making runs. Did not get one ball in behind the defender. Why the fuck not? I, I mean, I agree with you. I think, I, I, I think there's a there's a very decent player in there, and I think he, he's going to be a good purchase. Just think he's a bit green at the moment in the Premier League, and I just think he needs a bit of nurturing. I'm, I, he's somebody I'm not throwing my hands up in despair and saying why hasn't he started uh, in the way that Felix just started. Um, I think we just give him a go, but you know. Um, somebody said he was like um, an Arsenal friend of mine. Um, I do have Arsenal friends. Said um, 
he was like that bloke. Was it Pepe that they Pepe. bought? Pepe, yeah, who who uh, looked as if he was going to be great and then doesn't figure now. And you hope it's not going to end up like that. But, you know, anyway, um, we get the ball in the final third and then pass back all the way to Kepper and start again. How many times have we seen that from corners yesterday? Well, we didn't see that from corners last night because they got the corners right this time. But there was nobody to head them in. Uh, also, Potter, oh, fuck, this guy's so boring. I think he, think he needs someone like JT next to him. Someone with experience at this level be on the neck of the players when they drop their level. Also, fourth official when there's a clear decision for us. And I, I just think they're getting quite good at the moment. Referees showing yellow cards, aren't they, if anybody... It's slightly out of order. Anyway, Potter has no fucking balls, no enthusiasm, no energy. I feel it's reflecting on the team. I mean, that's a very good point. Might be the case. But the, the buzz that we're hearing is that they got on very well with him in the training environment. So perhaps you just have to deal with that. We talked about well, that. He, he's a good coach, therefore, because yeah. that's what they do. Maybe that's the environment he prefers. With someone strong next to him, will give the coaching staff a good balance and pressure from the sidelines, that being towards the players or the refs. One last point. How can the richest and best league in the world have such incompetent referees? The problem is not VAR. It's the Gareth's behind the screen on the pitch. <laughs> Hopefully Potter proves us wrong and wins the Champion League, Premier League, Premier League Cups and becomes a club legend. But it's hard to see at the moment. I think he's out of his depth. Again, thank you and up the Chelsea. All the best, Alex. Well, I think time will tell if he's out of his depth. As we've been even discussing now and we discuss all the time, it's, he's a bit of an enigma. We're not really sure what we've got at the moment. And uh, and he similarly is his his get out of jail stance is that he, it's work in progress, as he keeps saying. So, you know, and you either go with it or you, well, we can't do anything about it. It's going to be what it is. You know, we see it. And if if he fails miserably to get a, a rise out of all these 600 million pounds worth of players, then I think his time will be limited. But if there is progress and they start um getting results together, he'll be with us. We just don't know. It's, we can't say yet. I mean, I know we want to, but, you, you know, we can't. Uh, anyway, brilliant stuff. Right, we're going to bring part one to a close in a minute. But before I do that, I just want to remind you lovely people out there that we've got another one of our fantastic uh, Chelsea Fancast Presents live at the Troubadour gigs coming up. It'll be on March the 5th, Sunday, March the 5th. Uh, conveniently scheduled at the same time as the Women's Conti Cup final. Not our fault. It wasn't when we scheduled this. So there you go. But if you don't get a ticket for that, uh, then you can come along to this because this will be probably almost, if not more, entertaining because we've got the wonderful, lovely, best friend of the Chelsea fan cast, Mr Paul Canners Canneville, will be holding court in the Troubadour with me and JK and uh, as many of you as we can cram in uh, the doors open at 2.30 uh, and uh, we'll kick off about 3, I expect. And uh, we'll be having a look back at the Leeds game, which, of course, is on the Saturday before. Uh, we'll do a live Q&A with, with Paul. You can ask him anything about his life, his career, which has been quite incredible. I mean, if you've if you've not read the book Black and Blue, go and get it. It is one of the most remarkable reads of a human being ever, let alone a footballer for Chelsea. Uh, so there you go. And uh, obviously you get a chance to meet Paul, have a chat to him yourself, get some stuff signed if you want. A uh, lot of us lot are usually there as well. Not that we 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 don't deserve to sign anything. We'll be happy to buy you a pint and just say thank you, really. So we'll be there too, obviously. Fifth uh, of March tickets are, I think, it's twenty twenty quid plus two pound booking fee. You know, or what we used to call the Guy Lawrence tax. 
uh, not our fault. Uh, we 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 pitch them at twenty quid, and it's not really in our control. But you can get them from www.ticketweb.uk, and the Troubadour Club is in Old Brompton Road, two hundred and sixty-five to two hundred sixty-seven Old Brompton Road. Uh, next to the Pembroke Arms, I think. Um, but anyway, come along. They really are great fun. They're fun, aren't they, JK? They're not to be missed. Uh, fantastic. And he'll be a really good guest because he's uh, he's a top man and um, very emotional chap and uh, loved playing for Chelsea and loved scoring goals for Chelsea. And when I watched him, you saw that he loved it. And he had a... Uh, you watch some videos of him if you can. He had a very direct um, pumping arms and legs style that was... Uh, uh, special specialty for a specialty to him it was his own particular style um and uh he changed matches when he played for us he was he was a terrific player and uh he he expresses that really well in his um, in his interviews and you get the joy that, and the love that he had for playing for chelsea and it it ultimately ultimately ended in such it, well it started in awfulness and it ended in in awfulness really but uh um, being the first black player playing for Chelsea, but he was, um, uh, he, he's, and he's some guy coming out of it, out of the, the experiences have made it, made him what he is, and he's a, he's a terrific man and a really interesting guy to, uh, to speak to. Yep. And the amount of love you get from him, he, there's he, something about him, you get this feeling of uh, this, this emotion from him, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Really well put, JK. That's spot on. Right, we're going to go for a quick uh, cup of tea and then we'll be a quick cup of tea, a warm-up and a fag. That's what I used to have uh, in, the, in the old days. In fact, my only warm-up for a football match was, in fact, to have a fag. Sorry, uh, for those of you listening in America, a cigarette. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates, follow online commentary, listen to the radio. Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. It's the in off the post, our little uh, kind of you know weekly roundup of the uh, correspondence from our Chelsea Fancast listeners. 
which is wonderful, very erudite and wonderful people that you are. Uh, and when we have too many emails to read out on the Monday show, we shove them all into In Off The Post, our special show to accommodate just that. I'm Stanford Chidge, of course, and as always, the wonderful uh, MCC member, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Everybody at home, Chidge is only saying that because I've got my, my MCC Clicked sweater on because it's, uh, it's a bit chilly and I like, I don't play cricket in it, so I might as well just wear it. You're a playing I? member. I was a playing member. Yeah, I yeah. thought you might be. I made um, I made a hundred and six in a game, um, not out at Woodford Wells, and uh, the uh, the match manager said, uh, "Well, you're in, you're in, you're qualified. Just come and buy me a drink. Just prove you can uh, hold hold a conversation with me, and uh, you're in." Uh, he said, uh, "Anybody scores a hundred in a club game, he said you're in, you're in." And uh, I had some nice experiences playing with ex county players for a few couple of years um, for the MCC. Um, but it, it, it unfortunately was interfering with my work. In fact, one occasion I changed an audition and uh, phoned up and said, would it possible come tomorrow if you're casting tomorrow? Because I, I want to go and play cricket. And the casting director phoned my agent and complained. My agent said, what are you? Are you a cricketer or are you, a, are you a, a, an actor? What's going on? And I said, well, the problem is, I said, I've been selected to play for the MCC against Club Cricket Conference at the moat. And I really would rather like to play in that. And he didn't like that very much at all. But, mm. uh, Poor show, poor show. Good to see... Sorry, go on, go Esoteric cricket chat there for a moment. I'm sorry. Now, on with the emails. We've got one from the lovely named Barrett Duperon. And Barrett says, Hello, Chidge, JK. Uh, Is it just me, or does Potter have the feel and attitude of a caretaker manager? Mm. Uh, The big name gets sacked, then a wet blanket comes in and draws... A uh, bunch of matches while they figure out who is coming in next. Or did I read it wrong? And is he really a malfunctioning AI robot with broken programming that allows it to adapt and improve at an insane speed? He, uh, what have you been smoking, Barrett? Anyway, or did I? Uh, I've read that bit. Maybe I've been smoking something. He does need time, but there has to be some sign of a plan or idea. He was at Brighton for three years, and he consistently went on winless runs, and the team struggled to score goals. This is very true, Barrett. A point that I pointed out six weeks ago maybe and I said have you seen his, his, his you know stats for Brighton and oh my god I said anyway you're dead right cue the big money move to Chelsea and Brighton perform better and start scoring more you can argue it's his team mostly and his setup but it turned around once he was gone if Potterball takes that long to implement why would anyone want that at the club at any club with any manager, not just Chelsea, if it's going to take him seasons to implement his ideas, what happens when new players come in? Yes, he's had to deal with a lot of injuries, but any successful club will have to deal with that playing, winning multiple competitions. What is he telling them at half-time? Does he give them sleepy time tea and pizza and say, all right, lads, you're giving too much energy and passion. Let's pull it all back, right? Uh, what are we going to do? Uh, what we're going to do is come out slow and sloppy for 20 minutes or so. Then I'll make subs that don't make any sense. Yeah, I really should have done this in Potter-esque, shouldn't I? I shall, I shall... Uh, what is he telling them at half-time? Does he give them sleepy time tea and pizza and say, All right, lads, you're giving too much energy and passion. Let's pull it back right. What are we going to do is come out slow and sloppy for 20 minutes or so. Then I'll make the subs that don't make any sense. And we'll barely draw the match. Right now, finish your slice and cuppa, and let's quietly and politely go back to the pitch. How was that, JK? It was It was uh, a good caricature, Chidge. It was, uh, and it made its point very well. 
but it wasn't quite in the JK class, is what you're really trying to tell me. No, I, I know he's difficult to do, Potter, you know. It's, do you just uh, do any old Brummy accent and leave it at that, I reckon? I, I think that's exactly what you do. I think that conveys it. I yeah, think you did it well. Thank you very yeah. much. Okay. Don't call us, we'll call you. Uh, ultimately, I think he knows it's only a matter of time before he's replaced. From everything that's said, we know he'll be there until the end of the season at least, and possibly next. Unless Bowley and co get tired of the excuses and results, eventually they'll see that Potter is a weak point and replace him. They're doing that with every aspect of the club, even though they gave him a long-term contract and thought he was the guy. They have to feel... Uh, they have to f- have a feel... I'm not sure what this means. He, he was the have guy that... Field. What? have a feel to them all oh, right have a feel to them they will pit them missing a comma that's my excuse uh they will pivot if a decision is wrong and correct it from everything uh, that happened in the transfer window you can tell they are rich guys that don't like to lose well quite uh i hope he proves me wrong i really do i hope he's able to improve and we start winning at the end of the day it's about the club and the fans they could dig up someone's dead nan dress her up and weekend <laughs> weekend to bernie's her on the sideline <laughs> Well done, that's great. If it's what it takes for Chelsea to be successful, the press conferences and half-time talks would be a lot more exciting. Thanks for everything. Up the Chelsea, Barrett Duperon. I mean, I th- I think this is a really interesting email, JK, uh, not least because it made me laugh and also gave me an opportunity to do my Potter impression. But um, I, I, I know one should never really take, you know, Twitter is not a barometer of anything sensible or real. This we know. But I, I've, I have sensed from a, a wider sources than that, from a lot of people whose views I respect as being sensible, non-frothing at the mouth Chelsea supporters, this is quite indicative of that. People are thinking he's not the one. He is not, you know, he's not, he's out of his death. But at the same time, weirdly and conflictingly saying, but we really hope that he succeeds. So there's, there, it's, it's kind of a weird situation. There's, there seems to be quite a lot of bonhomie towards Potter. People want him to do well. They want him to succeed, but they just don't really believe he's the man to do it. I think it's it's partly because they're being fed the the fact that Bowley is so keen on the club being such an enormous success that they can't believe that they would have employed somebody inept. And so it's almost the mystery of the training field that they're allowing to take place. And what we see, supposedly, the consequence of the training field is in in front of us at games. But then nothing seems to be working terribly well at the games. And we then try and work out what the problems are. Right, we've worked out there is they've got they don't put the ball in the net and they need a a number nine. But uh, there has been a little bit of improvement. So and he correspondingly pushes that narrative along by saying, yes, there was improvement. However, we need to get better and better. So he 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 sends, to use the American expression, he sends us a bit of a curveball, doesn't he? By If they were abject and they just kept losing, um, instead of which they just draw and look reasonably good. And he we then make our assessments. I almost feel that we're we're hamstrung by our own knowledge because we try and interpret what's going on. It's almost like um, um, uh, we now know too much, and so we're we're. It's like interpreting song lyrics that you always thought was significantly that had some kind of significance. In actual fact, they don't. They were just gobbledygook. It was just Dylan farting about. He just putting rhymes in or Bowie, and you used to think, what does that mean? What particularly Genesis? I was thinking, what does Peter Gabriel mean when he's saying um, uh, saying those wonderful words about um, supper's ready? Um, but in actual fact, uh, 
uh, it could be all a complete disaster and it might all be falling apart. But we we are guided by the owners, aren't we, ultimately? But yes, he, he could be. It could be that he is somebody they've put in to... Well, they wouldn't. They wouldn't put him on such an enormous no, contract. I, I don't agree with that aspect of it. I, but I think I think I think Barrett was was having a bit of a laugh there. Brian, Brian's just said something. Brian Justman just said something really pertinent, actually, on 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 uh, on Mixley. He says we want him to do well because he's our manager. Why would anyone want him to fail? I think that that's an excellent point, Brian. I have to say, but I, there is always a but with me, as you well know. Um, I never wanted Benitez to succeed because I never wanted him as Chelsea manager. Now call me petulant and pathetic and childish, but there you go. Uh, it didn't take me long to think Sarri was an absolute ab- abomination for Chelsea Football Club, and I wanted him gone. Um, I think the the, the more interesting uh, example is AVB. I I really wanted AVB to succeed. I think we needed a we needed something to lift us after after Mourinho. We 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 were beginning to see that there were cracks in the uh, the perf- perfect form that was Mourinho. And it seemed like a good idea that it was a big old change and, and something needed to change. And I remember doing interviews with Tim Rolls on BBC, TalkSport, you name it, defending AVB and saying, no, 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 we should stick with him. You should give him time. He's young. You know, he's got a track record. He's, he just won the uh, the UEFA Cup, as it was in those days, I think, with Porto. He'd almost pretty much gone through an entire season unbeaten with Porto. So he clearly knew what he was doing. Um and we thought, no, 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 we need to give him a chance. You know, you know, Roman, put your itchy trigger finger away. No. But there came a point when he just thought, the guy's a dick. <laughs> you know, this guy's a dick. And I think that moment came uh, when we got humped 5-3 by Arsenal. We played with a very high line with JT in it, which crucified JT. And then we started hearing rumours of the fact that he was trying to get rid of Drogba and Frank and Ashley Cole. And you just thought, no, this guy's a dick. And so there has to be a reality check at some point, I think. And I, and I, I totally agree with your sentiments, um, Brian. I really do, you know. And I think at the moment, that's where most of us lie with Potter. He's our manager. We don't have a lot of control over this, incidentally, but he's our manager. And it's our, And I said that, actually, funnily enough, in the Talk Sport interview. I said, look, you know, I, I, I didn't think he was the right appointment from the get-go. I don't think he's an elite manager and we're an elite club but he's our manager and we should support him and I stand by that but I think at some point there is a reality check however as you were saying JK and I agree with you here it is a bit it is a bit difficult isn't it because he he is you know you can see that there are things that are beginning to happen and there are some massive mitigating circumstances you know Jason said it on the interview I did with him you know the whole sanctions completely fuck the club inside and out uh, the new ownership coming in, massive change there, changing everything in the club, m- more massive change. You've got a whole team out injured for a long period of time. You've got a whole influx of new players coming in. And we all know that even if you get them at the beginning of the summer, it quite often takes you know into the autumn for them to gel. So there are bona fide mitigating circumstances. I just think it's really difficult. I really do, because we just don't know. And I think that's the trouble with all of us when we don't know. We try and fill in the gaps, don't we, JK? Absolutely. Try and make sense of it. Yeah. But also, as you absolutely rightly say, we so want the club to succeed. And if he's part of it and if he starts getting the results and he starts making decisions that we notice on the field and we think that was clever, that's well done. Yes, we, we're we not going to disapprove. We'll be behind him. 
but it unfortunately it needs to be you know the proof of the puddings in the eating you need to be seeing something that works we can't keep going on with it being not bad and almost there there comes a time where you have to go actually this isn't working you know to use the great phrase not working for him not working for me so um but then you then you know we've established they're not mugs the people running the club and if it if it's not going to work they'll be the first to uh, to be sounding out new people yeah. you know that they, they may have that you know, who knows there may be somebody sounded out already who's just you know would you be interested but you know I, it, that's what happens in in most business isn't yep, it definitely you you're not gonna you're not gonna just do what some clubs bizarrely do and sack somebody and not have Meat. a Yes, yes. But Southampton. Uh, what about the bizarreness? Yes. Like, well, Jesse Marsh has like said, "Fuck off," yeah. hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He has because they're at the end of the season. I mean, what a mug! Do no, it, do it. Um, I'll just leave you with this Bon Mo, uh, which is the great John Maynard Keynes, not not John Milton Keynes, as some people think he was called. John Maynard Keynes, the great economist in the early part of the twentieth century. Uh, very famously said, in the long term, we're all dead. I shall just leave that floating in the air for you to all figure out. Right. JK, next one is for you. It's Stephen Osborne. Prior to death, we're allowed to have our views, though, aren't we? Well, no, but my point is, you could, you know, how long do you wait? Yeah, but it it won't be. It, it's not a lifespan before you get sacked if they're not doing very well. No, no, but my point is, is that we're all told, well, you just have to give him time. Well, how yeah, much yeah. time? Because in yeah. in the long run, yeah. we're all dead. Indeed, indeed, indeed. indeed. But uh, as I said, they won't give him that time. No. no. If it's not working. Anyway, um, Stephen Osborne, dear Chidge, JK, after the impressive uh, in off the post episode, oh, thank you very much, Stephen, uh, when you gave my debut letter prime time, is my difficult sophomore effort. Oh, the one where I hope to avoid second letter syndrome. Yes, yes. But I try not the not to be the jams. This is the modern world or even God help us. Hootie and the Blowfishes, Fairweather Johnson. <laughs> I, I don't know that one. They, I think they, they got a lot of um, playtime, didn't they? Um, the plays on the radio because they were called Hootie and the Blowfish. They did have the odd attractive tune, though. So. They should have been called Pootie and the Blowjob, really, shouldn't they? I think that's what they were implying. Jim. Oh, is that what it was? I never realised that. I'm suspecting, don't you think? Don't you think? Yeah. Oh. Poo time and the blowjob. I you know who knows. But anyway. <clears throat> this is the one where rather than recapping my pod journey to the fan cast, I ask a simple, honest question and I look forward to the discussion. Partly about the whole Cucarella chili dichotomy. Good word. It can relate to any situation where a player's returning from injury and is good for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe a half. Why, why, why do managers always sub the player who is returning from injury and not start them? Especially when the returning player is probably better than the one they started the game with. Yeah, uh, they might break down. They might make too much of an effort. Either. Why wouldn't couldn't we start Chile on Saturday? Play him the rest. P- play him with the rest of the starters like Mudrik. Have our strongest team from the off. Instead, we get Cuckoo and Mudrik. And then by the time Chile comes on, his passing options are an out of form mace or a cross field switch to. Ha, ah, sigh, Zayek. Um, uh, I do agree. He it, it, it needs to develop a relationship with Mudrik, very much so, um, Chilbo. You thought they'd have been working on this in training. Perhaps they are, perhaps they're not, anyway. But you know, that point really earlier on made, but who made it, that Cucurella seems to um, 
push himself up into a position where he gets in the way. Yeah, Bobby, Bobby D. Yeah, yeah, very, very well observed, Bobby. And uh, and yeah, you're absolutely right here as well, pointing this out, Stephen. All the players are wired up and sending real time biometrics to the sidelines. Absolutely, they've got the little the little um, boxes in their the backs of their shirts. So it turns out after starting him, Chile's flagging needs a sub after 20 minutes. So be it. I suppose the thing is, isn't it, with the, the 20 minutes thing, is they don't like subbing players in 20 minutes. I don't know what that's about. but they, they get a like... bit upset. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. Well, but they if don't they've been... like it. I mean, you're embarrassed by it. Actually, all the players will go, you're fucking rubbish. Get off only 20 minutes. You know, you almost feel... It's a real yeah. kind of like one of those unwritten rules of football, isn't it? You just don't... You like, yeah. you don't sub a sub. Yeah, yeah, because people always comment on it. Yeah. Why is he being sucked? Is he not good enough? Yeah. Well, yeah, and they also, if you're playing away, you'll get the bird from See, the opposition. They, they should do what we did when we used to play football, JK. If, if you got subbed off after 20 minutes, you'd just limp off. <laughs> Mate, I'm fucking injured. It's not because I'm shit. Any fool know that. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Or you, you, you lamp the manager. <laughs> Quite right. <laughs> I haven't fucking given my Sunday morning up to Fuck only play. Fuck off, you. Yeah, yes. Yeah, love it. At that point, a fresh cuckoo for a fresh Gareth, I mean, Lewis Hall, is better than a knacked Chile. But it turns out Chile is doing just fine and can last 30, 40 or even 60 minutes before his biometrics start indicating he's in the red zone. Please can we have that rather than a fixed limit of 25 minutes where our team has lost shape and heart. Start strong, establish a lead, and then see out the game. Well, he did. He played him in the uh, in the game against Dortmund, and um, he did pretty well. And uh, he he he's obviously looked so much better than than Cucurella, but he didn't seem to establish a great combination with Mudrik because Mudrik wasn't very good. Yeah, a bit worrying yeah. that. But I think he'll be all right. I think he'll be. Yeah, all right. Um, there are five subs for crying out loud. I think this is so important. These five subs, they have to be. Uh, it, it's something that we tend not to take into consideration. Is it the the relevance of these subs. So it doesn't really make sense to leave them until the end. Why have no managers deployed this reverse thinking? There really is no downside. Well, there is the downside, as we said, Stephen. I think that it's the reaction of the crowd, reaction of people saying, why has he come off? But if a precedent is set, I think it wouldn't take long for that to be the norm. I think you just accept the fact that some players are only on for for the, the period that you want to give them. But it's almost the norm, isn't it? As we said, Chidge, that you, you give the injured player the the back end of the game. Perhaps it's because the it's slowed down, and you, therefore you you won't be committing yourself fully. You know, I'm not convinced that that's true. I mean, you know, Reese James was getting like the first sixty minutes or half an hour, or whatever, you know, forty five minutes. I mean, I I think I I don't know if you can definitively say that that always happens, but anyway, I could be wrong. <laughs> anyway, that's it from Bowley's Barbarians for now. Up the chill, Stephen. Lovely, good email, old son. And uh, Stephen's one of our new newbies on Patreon. Uh, and he's joined the Discord group too. So uh, we've got loads of new new Patreon members recently, which is absolutely bloody marvellous of you. And they've all flocked to Discord to join the uh, the merry pranksters in there. And it's great to see you all in there. I shall be reminding you how you can sign up to Patreon at the end of the show. Um, right, Philip Francis, he say, Chidge, I think I need your help with this one. Sorry, JK. Uh, no, rightly so, rightly so. No, he didn't say sorry, JK. I, I said sorry, JK. Anyway, I oh, thought okay. no, no. I, I thought I wouldn't get attached to another coach after Frank. Then came Thomas Tuchel. It was too soon, and I didn't want to get my feelings hurt again. I wanted to remain healthily detached. Alas, I failed. 
and I miss him. Let me be clear, I'm a Chelsea fan first. I wanted Potter to work from the day he was chosen as the head coach and I still pray that he will work underlined. But whether I'm judging him in contrast or on his own merit, I find him so uninspiring in his communication to the press and in his demeanour on the sidelines. I'm wrongly attributing the team performances, or attributing even, if you prefer the English version, I'm wrongly attributing the team performances to this perceived lack of emotion, effort, caring, upset. I want to think that he shows another face to the boys behind closed doors and that his trick will work. My confidence is low, but I remain hopeful because my team needs hope. I'm not disillusioned. Tuchel is not coming back, and in the end, I believe he showed his fatal flaw, that he cared too much and wore his emotion, emotions on his sleeves. When the going was good, his emotions were our emotions. Running down the field, fist pumps, hugs, defiant confidence. Against all odds and sanctions, we would overcome. When the going was bad, his emotions were our emotions. Frustration, meltdowns, anger. I believe it's this negative intensity over a long period of uncertainty that drained and shell-shocked some players. I believe it's the exacerbated emotions from leading us through the tough period of sanctions, the takeover from new ownership, the rebalancing of his personal life that made him untenable by the new project. I'm going to butt in here because I think, Philip, this is an absolutely fucking brilliant point. A brilliant point. Actually, I remember Tuchel saying, saying much the same himself. He, he, he said, I am an emotional guy. I, I, I get over the top. I mean, I will apologise to people profusely if I upset people and the players. I, I will always be a good human being and do that but I am emotional and it comes out and I think I think you make a brilliant and brilliantly insightful point there um I miss the wit charisma and smile in the press conferences I miss the emotions on the sidelines I miss the mastermind who fixed Frank's leaky defense with the same players I miss the tactician who set us up to reach the final of every competition while he was in charge save the Mendy blunder at the Bernabeu that was underlined by the way the personality pendulum has swung so far in the other direction it's jarring and probably so for, probably so for the players too. It'll be okay if the performances don't mirror the bar humbug and that's life attitude that Potter is exhibiting to the public. We're Chelsea. We're proud, competitive, shithouse. We like to win stuff. And if we lose, we're not laissez-faire about it. Nah, I agree. Thank you to the Chelsea fancast, dynamic duo and special guests for keeping the Chelsea flag flying high throughout the world. All my best, Philip, Mr. F on Discord. Philip, another one who's just joined us on Patreon. Thank you, Philip. That's a brilliantly, brilliantly written email. I loved your insight on Tuchel. What do you think, JK? Uh, well, he, he, he's mirrored my views, you see, that particularly about Tuchel, who the, the moment at Lille when he came out when we were kept behind and pumped his arms at us all and got us all cheering him, will stay with me forever because that's the, you can't ever imagine Potter doing anything like that. But it it's 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 the extremes that we've gone to, which which Philip points out absolutely beautifully. It's the the huge personality that was uh, Tuchel to the non personality that is Potter. And I know I and I I've bored people to death about this by saying that I want a, a, a personality running our club. I'm sorry. I want that. I want him to contribute to the, um, if the club become world champions again, if the club become uh, the 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 top club in the world that the owners want it to be, and they've stated they want that to be the case, I want the manager to be as charismatic and brilliant as that team performance, as that team 
in front of us. So, uh, and we're not going to get that with him. However, if he becomes integral to the club, you have to put up with it. But I find it difficult to make the the connection of a person, a, 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 a manager with no personality. You're all emotions, aren't you, love? You're all emotions, you see. Well, no, but he's, he's, he's pressed my button here about... I know. ...what I feel about it, about the whole situation. But I am willing to sit back and let it happen because... I've got no power in the situation. But, but JK, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, old love. I'm the same. Uh, I, you know, I, I like to have an emotion. I have, you know, and this is the this is the thing, isn't it? You know, we we have a huge emotional connection, attachment and investment in Chelsea Football Club, in the players, in the staff, in the every fucking bit of it. We have, It's an emotional attachment. We don't go there with a, with a you know, with our calculator app uh, you know, on our mobile phone, working out the statistics for ninety minutes. It's that's not why we go. We go because we're passionate and emotional and in love with this football club. So we need we need those counterpoints. We need, you know, we we warm to an emotional person like Tuchel, who 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 rallies rallies the troops, sticks it to the opposition, gets the juices flowing. We did the same with Frank because of the connection he had with the club. We did it to Mourinho because he fucked everybody off and we thought it was funny because he was kind of standing up for us. Didn't like it so much when he stuck it back to us, Mark you. But, you know, that's that's why we go. And and I don't know, maybe we're, maybe, hey, maybe we're just dinosaurs, JK. Maybe, maybe we're, we're on the way out, old love, and our generation. Maybe we're being replaced by people who are not interested in that and they just like statistics. Pterodactyl Chigi. Yeah. Tyrannosaurus or Tysonaurus Rex, if you prefer. Tyrannosaurus Rex, JK. Yeah, yeah. Rexy. No, no, Diclodopus, I think, would probably be more you, mate. Isn't it a Diplodocus? Yes, it would be in pronounced, uh, received pronunciation, yes. I like to make up my own sayings of words. You, oh, I like you, it, you know Diplodocus. This. Good, it's good. It's good. Anyway, breaking news. Uh, this is This is how much I fucking love this guy. I mean, he's. I mean, I, 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 I sincerely mean this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make his little head go very red here. Mark Meehan is the best thing that's happened to the Chelsea fan cast since Jonathan Kidd joined it. He really, really is. Right? He's been in Dortmund, as you know. He's literally just got back, and what's the first thing he does? Put his he underwear. Lit- put his underwear in the washing machine. No. Make himself lit- some dinner. No. Pour himself a nice cold lager. No. He goes straight into Mixler to listen to this show. I mean, what a fucking legend. Anyway, he's just said, evening all, just got home from Dortmund and logged in. We'll do Dortmund feedback tomorrow night. And somebody else, uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, Brian's just said, the Discord group, the fucking hell, the Discord crew is bigger and better than ever, nudging Mark Meehan. And I think that's an excellent idea, Brian. I think that, uh, I think that Mark would be a welcome addition to uh, the Discord community, what we have created. I'd love to see him in there, just nudging, Mark. And by the way, uh, we've got Stuart Kinner in, in Mixler. Stuart, mate, lovely to see you in here. I hope you're well, mate. I gather you were out in Dortmund. I'd be surprised if you weren't, but uh, brilliant stuff. Uh, anyway, I digress. It's uh, Russell Keddy, JK. Did you know that I belong to, on Facebook, um, a kid group? People with the name Kid, K-I-W-L. You're kidding. K- I, I'm not, Chidge. I'm, I'm not kidding in the slightest. And uh, somebody's worked out that originally it was Keddy. And anybody called Keddy or, or uh, Kidder or Keds 
is related to that. It's just the way the word has been pronounced in the old Norse or wherever it came from originally. So I'm probably related to you, Russell. You know what? I'm I'm familiar with that that theory. Absolutely. There's a theory doing the rounds that my grandfather, who was a bit bonkers, bless him, um, he decided that that we the Chigi tribe clan uh, originate from uh, a, a place in Somerset called Chedzoy. And in old old kind of Dutch English, Chedzoy means Isle of Ched, and of course this is in the the Somerset level. So like Glastonbury Tor, you know, it was a a hill where everywhere I was flooded apart from the hills, and they the villages were all on the hills. So the Isle of Ched, Chedzoy, was where all the Cheds come from. And like you were saying, anybody who was called Ched or Ch- Chodgy or Chedgy or whatever, it, we're all related basically. And you, I chewed. Yeah. All... Do you know how you can how you know this? We've all got webbed feet. I thought it was it was more um, groin level. Webbed groins? I don't think so, mate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Penis. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Russell. Uh, morning, Chidge. Um, yeah. And J.K. Long-time listener, first-time emailing. I'm a recent addition to the Patreon community. Whoop, 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 whoop. Coming from a family of Chelsea supporters, I can thank my dad for showing me the way. Growing up in sunny Essex, surrounded by West Ham, scumbag. Talking a web, <laughs> talking a webbed feet, mate. Hey, you emmers, come on, you my hands. Um, it was tough. Yeah, oh, it, was, oh, it, was, oh, it was tough going through. Oh, I'm forever flying. It was tough going through school in the early nineties. However, whilst playing in the Charlton Academy, ooh, ooh. Proudly, yes, indeed, I proudly attended training in my 94 Cup final kit, 11 years of age, and got accused <laughs> by the trainer of being a glory hunter. Oh, dear me. Little did they know what would happen a mere 10 years later. I now proudly pass on the tradition to my four-year-old who listens to Blue is the Colour every night through his Alexa. Oh, sweet. Uh, moving on to the current situation, I'm torn between understanding the situation and trying to show some patience to being utterly frustrated at what we're watching. It's evident that with this much change, it will take time to see effective patterns of play and for the team to gel, apparently. However, as stated on the show, the lack of fight and sheer will to win is missing from this team. After £600 million spent, I still can't see a spine to the team. Chet, Terry, Lampard, Ballot, Ashley Cole and Drogba were players that wanted to fucking win and did anything to achieve that. Unfortunately, we're too friendly. and That stems from the manager. Hmm, very good idea. Whilst Mr Potter's clearly a lovely bloke, does he have the passion for winning? Conte, Tuchel and Jose kicked every ball during games and would have gone mental after the spammers game for not getting that penalty. Hope he can turn this around as I'm completely fed up with the carousel of managers we've had in recent times. Time will time, but I wonder if he belongs to a clop top, no, a top club. Yeah, as we've been discussing, Russell, I absolutely agree completely. This is a, it's a dilemma, isn't it? You know, you hang about or what do you do or do you criticise? I mean, I've had some people you read and they're saying anybody who criticises the club and the manager aren't proper Chelsea supporters. You just go, no, come on. We, we can't watch crap and just sit back and accept it. But anyway... We're, um, we're allowed we're we're allowed critical thinking, you know. It's... We are, as in life, anyway. Finally, the current squad of players, we clean, clearly need, clearly need, clearly, difficult to say, clearly, we clearly need an overhaul of the squad. Players like Pulisic, Zayek, Kepa, Mandi, Koulibaly and Obamayang all need shipping out. 
Now, I would actually question the Koulibaly situation because he, he played very well the other night. You just wonder whether it's the sport ever. Anyway, and also Kepa. You could, you couldn't. I mean, you know, who knows? I think Aubameyang has had his day. I think that's for sure. Um, I'm hesitant to include Havertz, as I still believe a player exists, but yes, not at number nine. Uh, however, oh, he was just saying that now. <laughs> however, he's not a number nine. Stop fucking playing him as a striker. We need a period where key players such as Chile and Reese can find some form. Kante to slot alongside Enzo in the middle of the park, of the park, where for me, we're losing the battle on a weekly basis. Well, interestingly, that uh, Russell, I think this is going to be the, the trump card because I think he'll come in pretty soon, Kante. Once again, they may put him in mothballs, but I think... This could, if he plays at even half the level he played at before, really change the whole momentum of everything. And I think this may be what they're waiting for because he's, tra he's training with them. But let's see anyway. Um, uh, he might even turn up at the weekend. Can you, you, can you imagine peak N'Golo Kante and, and, and Enzo Fernandez in that midfield yes. on yes, a double I pivot? Can. Fuck It'd me. It would be wonderful. Yeah. I agree. It would take the pressure off him as well, having to do everything. And yeah. he would, I think he would completely. He would flourish and put everybody in, and it would be and and and, and wing commander and Reese and rolls Reese on either side. Fucking hell! To some extent, you might discover that Havertz starts scoring because they've got more room because he's yeah. getting the ball, getting the ball earlier. Bailey's getting the ball earlier. It's really interesting. We'll see. Anyway, for the love of God, as mentioned by J.K. on the last pod, stop pissing about with it at the back. <laughs> they didn't do that last night, um, despite the press, which was better because Chile deals with it better than Cucurella actually. Um, we don't move the ball quick enough to escape the press and end up under pressure from our own making. Big thank you to all for the fantastic shows you continue to put on for us. For a lifelong Chelsea fan, it's great to listen to actual views from fans and not the guff spouted by reporters. Football's about passion and the fan cast has it in abundance. Up the Chelsea, Russell Keddy. And I think you're absolutely what we were talking about earlier, Chidge, weren't we, about yeah. passion. How much passion is it's a lovely the... thing for you to say, Russell, as well. I really appreciate yeah. that. I agree completely. Absolutely. I was going to get round to that. Sorry, I was being a bit, yeah. No, I was being a bit flip. I didn't mean to be. Sorry, Russell. But it was, no, it, absolutely lovely of you. Thank you so much. Yeah, Yeah. no, quality, mate. And uh, yeah, another, Russell's another one who's joined us on Patreon. So thanks, Russell. Uh, I know I've emailed you about that and sent you the uh, the Discord link and all that. Right. Now, this, this is a rarity. Um, I didn't see this actually on the site, but I'd got an email to notify me and I'm absolutely sure it's it well it's this has either come from facebook i don't think it's come from facebook i think this has actually been posted on our on our on our website so bloody hell bloody hell it's from kevin uh no no uh surname supplied so sorry kevin anyway he says thanks for the great discussions it's so nice to find other supporters who are upset and frustrated with the manager inverted commas potter and the absolute zero progress in his six-month tenure Actually, I think this was left on another website. No, no, I'm joking. Um, his constant excuses with things that every manager has to deal with have literally begun to anger me. I think we all want a stable club with a full-time manager, but the problem is that he was the wrong choice uh, for that faith. And it's so horrible and frustrating to watch us get worse every week with no change in the manager's demeanour or tactics. As you say, he's not an elite top manager and never will be. I'm not being sarcastic here, but I'm truly afraid of relegation from the Premier League under him. He's had 85% of the season so far, and every stat or measurable is negative. I wish Tuchel had been given this kind of faith. He actually deserved it. Keep up the great shows, Kevin. Yes, I, I you know, I, 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 I take your point, mate. Um, I, but I, the only thing I would really 
really disagree with is I, I I do think there are there are signs there are signs. I mean, it's one of those weird situations, J.K., isn't there? I mean, I, I, something was doing the rounds on Twitter last night, which which was one of the most banal things I think I've ever ever seen. It was apparently uh, last night Potter coached a three nil victory. So in other words, what they were saying was that he coached a, a really good performance out of the team. It's just that we didn't win. Well, that was a really stupid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was a stupid way of putting it. But actually, the sentiment was not a million miles off because the performance was really, really good. But they can't put the fucking ball in the net, and they gave away a stupid goal. Now, you and I have been watching football long enough to know that it is a game of very fine margins, and shit like that can happen. I mean, we. I. Th- I mean, we'll talk about this tomorrow night on the on the on the preview show. But I thought Borussia Dortmund were pony, and I thought we were really good last night, and and we were worth. A good three, four nil. We really were. If we'd have put, if you know, Felix scores early on, it's game over, and we get a hatful. Absolutely sure of that. So I do think there are signs there. You know, the performances are getting better, but what isn't happening at the moment is the results are not going our way. We're not getting the results, and we're not getting the results because we're not having much luck, and we also haven't got a fucking player who can put the ball in the back of the net. Now that's not a good thing. That means you know you've got to put a bit of that on the coach, but he doesn't kick the fucking ball. You know, so. It's 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 hot. It's really it's one of those awfully difficult situations because at the end of the day, J.K., it's results. It's a results business, isn't it? Completely. But I, I Kerry, I love that thing that Kerry always is calling him Kerry. I've met him a few times, and uh, and he always says uh, hello, Jonathan. Um, uh, when he always says it's down to the players, he says it's about good players, and that, that's, that's he doesn't believe good. in systems, does he? He doesn't. But uh, but weirdly enough, of course, he played in the system, whether he liked it or not. He was playing in a even when the ball it was, was called punched. the Kerry Dixon system. It's called the the David Speedy flicks it on and he runs after it sin, sin, syndrome, wasn't it? Get, give the ball to to Speedo. Um, but uh, um, it's it systems that it's it's if there was a player up front who had the ability to get the ball in the net, I, I'm which we thought was going to be Lukaku. But it, weirdly enough, this is now possibly a better side than the side that won the the Champions League in in skill um but not in organization and not in passion uh and so um uh, and there wasn't because they we didn't have somebody up front to put the ball in the net at the time and you wonder whether it matters to have a an actual striker uh if the formation of the team works um uh, and, uh, and because Werner wasn't the answer and um, and Havertz scored a few but uh, not enough, but it was down to all the other players prodding goals in from from hither and thither. So um, uh, here we all are saying it needs to be a number nine, but perhaps it doesn't. Perhaps it needs to be um, the players playing more dynamically in uh, from midfield and getting the ball to the front quicker. It may be something like that rather than... Well, I mean, I must admit, uh, I've I, I commented yesterday, I felt that even because the corners were better, I, I was disappointed that we then didn't get on the end of them. And there was some really lethargic kind of challenges. So why has it taken that long to be able to take corners properly? Well, he's got Felix taking them and Chilwell, neither of whom were playing. But why did the others, why did poor old Connor and Mace both always hit the first man? And why have we therefore, and we also not been able to get the ball in the net when the, when there was a decent um, set piece coming over because they haven't been practising the set pieces either. And you just think, you know, and, and as I said before, the the 
the the structure of their goal was just ludicrous. It's the small things, but it's the small idiotic things that you think surely this manager should prepare for the fact that they know they've got a bloke playing for them who runs 100 metres in 10 seconds. Well, Mudrick does the same. Therefore, have Mudrick playing back, not Enzo. Yeah, but, he, but he was. It, it was. It was. You had. You had Enzo. Think of a triangle. Enzo's here at the at the top of the triangle. Mudrick and um, I think it was Ziyech. Ziyech charged. Hang on. Ziyech charges in and doesn't fucking win the ball. And Mudrick yes. is sitting there watching it all happening. It's true. So by the time he wakes up, fucking Amadou Dalala, what's his name, is halfway yeah. to fucking scoring a goal. True, Poor old true. Enzo was completely, you know, hospital passed basically. You're absolutely right. That's true. That did happen. It happened like that. Yes, it, they did have the three. But I think Mudrick should have been the last one rather than the one. I suppose he was on the edge of the area in case the ball came to him as a volley. Then he because he'd have scored, which is. Well, but he then, should have been. Rio Ferdinand. <laughs> Rio Ferdinand, bless his little heart, did this brilliantly on their post-match analysis with his little right, with right. his little sky straighter moving players around. He explained it brilliantly, and he said, "If if you know," he said, "Quite often for United, I would be." where Enzo was. And he said, I would have been in Ziyech and Mudrik's ears all the time, organising them, saying, what do you need to be watching for this, watching for this, stay awake, blah, 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 blah. And he said that Enzo didn't do that and Mudrik fell asleep. And he also said something also that was I thought very interesting. He said that because Mudrik is so quick, he said this often happens with quick players. It's not that they're lazy. They just think, oh, I don't need to, to be that close because I'll catch them up. So I thought that was interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Yes. Mm. Anyway, we digress. Um, yeah, we are, we are digressing. Shall I go on to the next one? Yes, it's you. It's, 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 no, it is you. It is you, oh, dear boy. Nick, yeah. Nick Ernstson. Good old Nick. Hi, to JK. And friends of the pod. Yes, people listening in mix of greetings from Lisbon. What a lovely place that is. Hope you are all well. Thursday morning, trying to digest the game against Dortmund yesterday. Trying to look forward to Southampton on Saturday. Also for the return game at the Bridge in the. UEFA Champions League. Some thoughts and concerns from some Swedes in Portugal. Hashtag Potterball. Did we finally get to see the embryo of Potterball? Have we uncovered what Potterball should look like? Personally, I'm not so sure. Yes, it was perhaps small improved quality in our overall performance. Yes, Potter lined up a good side. Only concerns for me were selecting Koulibaly, also going to play Kai as a striker. Yes, the subs, in my opinion, made sense. But for me, I still can't see what Potterball should look like. As a team, being Chelsea, we should not sit back and play counter-attacking football, not be a counter-attacking football team, like perhaps Brighton or um, Ostersund, for that matter. Was it Ostersund? Perhaps in the last 15 minutes of the game, when we had the knife against our throats, we saw high-pressing, aggressive football. We pinned back Dortmund, regained possession on their side of the pitch, something we should have done from the beginning and what we should have done in most of the games we've played under Potter. But still, can we define Potterball and the style he wants us to play? Please help me understand what this style of football is and what we're trying to achieve. Well, I think he played both, didn't he, last night? In the first half, we, we sat back because they were they attacked us, they pressed and tried to, to get them on the break. And in the second half, we pushed forward because we were so much more in control of the game and they were not necessarily knackered, they just couldn't deal with us. And that's when we should have taken them apart. But as we said earlier, Chidge, if we'd scored the two goals, Felix had scored the two goals, it would have been because he blazed over as well, didn't he? As well as hitting the, the post, the bar, um, we'd have, it would have been a completely different game. We'd have won it easily. Number um, here we are. Next bit. Hashtag Potter. 
I totally share both your, Chidge and JK's thoughts and comments from the latest episode of Bart Potter. I've said from the beginning it was a mistake to appoint him. Don't get me wrong, I've no grudge against him as a person, but being Swedish, looking at the Swedish league, uh, Als, Alsvens, Alsvenskan, is that what it's called? Alsvenskan. 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 And the work he did with Ostersund, yep, good progress, but Ostersund is not Chelsea, neither is Brighton. Looking back at our previous games, including last night, I'm still concerned and not impressed on how he leads the team from the sideline. None of us is. None of us. None of us. How he's supposedly, supposedly giving instructions from the bench. Why did he not step in during the rumble in the second half just to stop it, break it up, do whatever? I have a hard time seeing him standing five metres away and just looking. I think a big team needs a big manager, I said this earlier, that can stand up, comments on a handball, a situation, be more attentive in the games or interviews. We've been debating this, haven't we? Personality, big, big calls, um, figurehead for the team, personality to lead an elite team. Uh, it's yes. Uh, why did he not break or interfere with the incident during the second half? How can he just stand there and watch it from five metres away? Yeah, you said. Uh, even Ancelotti would have showed more passion and devotion to the game. He'd have raised an eyebrow. Not only raised... <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, 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 I got it. It was in my head, and there, there it was. Not only raising his eyebrow during that incident. City once won against Arsenal yesterday. One one at half time. City came out one three one. Looking at both Pep and also Arteta on the sideline, the size of the technical area area is not enough. Even with thirty six percent ball possession, City won. My view is that for a player to see his manager so active on the sideline must have a positive impact. I can only imagine what both Pep and Arteta said at halftime. The list of similar managers' personalities can be made made long. Tommy, Thomas, uh, Tommy, um, Klopp, etc., etc. I might be wrong, but for me, it all makes sense to have that type of manager. Although some might say that type of mentality will only last for a certain time before they lose the dressing room. But I really hope I'm wrong about Potter. Hashtag strikers. Currently, we only have two fit strikers in our team, in Fafana and Alba. Say what you want, neither of them are listed for UCL games. Yes, it was the other Fafana who was listed. But since we all know that Super Kai is not a striker, since instead of getting the best out of him, we get the worst out of him by playing him in the wrong position, why not try a link-up with any of the strikers we have? Surely it must be worth a try. I know that we're stuck between a rock and a hard place in the Champions League, but for Premier League games, give Kai a rest or play him elsewhere. Play Fafana, or even, sorry to say, Alba just to see if we can improve our scoring. Play Mudrick, Havertz and Felix behind a real striker. Try it. Might work for now. So we finally can win a game or two. Um, but as I've said, I think if Conte comes back, uh, it, it changes the whole balance of the side. And perhaps, perhaps they're waiting for that. But yeah, agree completely, as we've said. Is, Havertz needs to play 10, really, somewhere. Be integrated that way. Um, Southampton's a must-win. I think they're all must-wins at the moment, aren't they? This is a trouble. Southampton's a must-win. I expect nothing else than a multiple-goal result from the Mighty Blues. I put them down on um, zero on uh, the prediction as 4-0, Um The return oh, game... Oh, at... dear. I'm now very worried. <laughs> the return game against Dortmund... Actually, no, it was 2-0. I changed it. The return game against Dortmund will not be easy, but with a win under the belt, you never know. Keep up your great work. Keep the blue flag flying high. Uh, Multo Obrigado, thank you, and up the Chelsea. Nick, Alex, and Seb Lennartson. Well done, mm. mate. Terrific, lovely, lovely. Um, that's, that's there's a passionate email as well, isn't it? In that yeah, 
yeah, it's good to hear from you, Nick. We obviously Nick's one of our stalwarts in the uh, the Discord group, and uh, and his boys. Yeah, well done. I, I, you know, one thing I would say, and 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 this is a problem at the moment. Um, you know, we said it on Monday's show. We need to have a win. We desperately need a win because you. I, I mean, I think a lot of the striking efforts or lack thereof are 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 down to confidence. You know. We we know we've been watching the game a long time. When strikers aren't scoring goals, they tighten up. That means that their legs don't work in quite the same way. Which means instead of the ball going right into the back of the old onion bag, it hits the bar, or goes wide. You know, so I think confidence and and in not you know not winning football games, not scoring goals, is seeping through that side. And I think not winning is 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 knocking the confidence of the side. We desperately need a fucking good win. And I really hope we get one on Saturday because I think if they do get one and they, you know, not a spawny 1-0 against Palace like we had the other week. You know, we need to give somebody a right fucking seeing to. And I think if we do that on Saturday, you might suddenly see that confidence flow back because, you know, they're good players. They, 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 they're not, sh- I mean, you know, no, I don't think you can really sit there and say, I mean, you might have your arguments about Cucurella, but I, I, I don't think he's as bad as people are painting. You know, this is, these are not bad players. You know, on paper, you look at who we play against, most of the time you say, well, yeah, we're better than them. So, you know, I, th- I think a lot of this is down to confidence. And I think if, if they can, you know, get a, a decent win, a dominating win, it might well change. But uh, great email, uh, Nick. Um, and uh, by the way, Brian uh, Justman, I poor old, everybody on Mixler, there are other people in Mixler at the moment. I just keep being drawn to Brian's post, I'm afraid. Brian, you're on fire tonight. He's just said Asterix changes his prediction to nil nil. Having <laughs> having heard your prediction, mate. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna do a bit of a touche here. I think I could be right in saying that Brian is one of the very few who are below you in the Premier League predictions table. Oh, oh great, good. Actually, no, I, it was four nil, but I I then thought, no, come on, Jonathan, come on. It's unlikely because we can't score. So I made it two nil. I've been positive. Go. We'll discuss this tomorrow night and by then it might be one nil you never know you never know right the final email of another in off the post marathon tonight uh is from the lovely jeff lowry who as you recall we had a, a lovely email on uh patreon from uh last week and he, he he's followed this up now I, jeff i apologize profusely if you did not intend this to be read out but i'm afraid it is a it's an occupational hazard if you write to me in any capacity i i do feel duty bound to read it out um, I have no regrets about reading this out, even if you didn't want me to, because I think it's an absolutely brilliant, brilliant email. So I hope you'll agree and I hope you aren't offended by me reading it out. Anyway, hi, Chidge. Thanks for the email and special thanks to the Kerry Dixon mini banner in advance. Uh, please see the address below. Blah, blah, blah. A little surprised to hear the email. Big smiley face. Good to hear it contained mentions of interest to you and JK along with the other 20-odd emails from around the globe who have also had the good fortune to find your show. Jonathan mentioned one-page emails seem to be an acceptable length, so I maybe can expand a little on my last intro, filling in a few of your question marks. Please forgive me for the slip-up with getting your name muddled up. I don't think you did, but anyway. Finding your Vimeo site has also connected a few dots. Very interesting to have the opportunity to quickly flick through your content there. And seeing other stuff, e.g. via Jonathan's links, via his wiki page. You've got a wiki page? Yeah, I wrote it. Oh, <laughs> well, fair enough. <laughs> of course you did. Duh. Uh, I never knew his father had made 290 films. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 
You mentioned JKs and your starting dates at Chelsea recently. My first game was a 3-1 birthday treat win against Sunderland before the FA Cup final. I went to more games in the following season, including the European Cup Winners' Cup semi-final home leg 1-0 victory over Man City before Real Madrid in Athens 1971. A year later, I was at Wembley in 1972 for the 2-1 defeat at Stoke City. After that, I managed to witness more and more games for a number of seasons up until the relegation scrap 2-0 loss in Tottenham 1975. So you were there at the Battle of White Hart Lane. I, I, were you were you one of the Bay City Rollers looking fans doing Kung Fu kicks on the pitch? Don't answer that, Jeff. Anyway, after that, away games at the likes of Roker Park, the Den, Millwall, 3-0 at half-time, Forest, Bolton and Luton spring to mind. Postings to Northampton and Leamington Spa started my weaning off the Chelsea process. In 1977, I was at CAD Bramley near Basingstoke. Unfortunately, they were closing the camp down and I was given the choice of Belfast or B, or I think it's Bielefeld. Um, I should re- remind you all that Jeff, Jeff uh, when he wrote last week, said he was, uh, he was in the, uh, the, the armed services and uh, I have huge respect for anybody who has been. So I, I quizzed him about that. He's now telling us why. Uh, so Bielefeld, where is that? Uh, November 77, I found out. It didn't stop me from being at the bridge in 1978 for the famous 4-1 thrashing in Liverpool. In 77-78, London West End was also an exciting place concerning anyone into the new wave punk music genre. I tried my very best to get a posting back into uh, back to the UK. I was so homesick that I jumped on a train to London, thus going AWOL for 10 days. My host in Streatham, who'd previously forced an, uh, a dishonourable discharge from Ireland, suggested that I should make the most of being in Germany. Double pay due to the Deutschmark exchange rate. Fraulein's and all that did have a few compensations after all. In 1980, I purchased my discharge after four years' service. Family circles maintained high unemployment in the UK. Stay where you are. Initially working for the German MOD British Army, I met up with like-minded English guys to form a punk band, which kept oneself busy touring at weekends for a couple of years. A steady relationship and the distraction of the local Bundesliga attraction Armenia Bielefeld, uh, friend's brother had a sports car and free company tickets uh, home and away, combined to keep Chelsea a UK holiday break occurrence. At least I had the British Forces Broadcasting Services TV radio, basically the standard UK package to keep up to date with Chelsea. But moving to Frankfurt in 1988-89 as a promoter for ZYX Music Distribution and seeing more of the world than with the army meant Chelsea coverage was at an all-time low. In the 90s, back to fiancé in Bielefeld, but off doing gigs at raves and clubs as a visualist VJ meant little time to get away. By this time, groups of all-star supporters, expats, well-informed Germans, pubs and bistros showing games meant new forms of watching the Blues in action. Things were getting interesting on the pitch too. I managed a few highlights like the uh, the Gavin Peacock 1-0 victory against Man U in 94, Viali managing the Champions League game in Berlin. Uh, I remember that, yeah. 3-1 home against Everton, Community Shield draw with Man United in 98. My last game at the bridge was a 1-0 victory against Aston Villa in 2001. So, thanks to a whole load of commitments, circumstances, issues and procrastination, I've managed to miss out on the whole Roman Empire experience live. Just a 3-0 pre-season game in Bremen in 2014. What the fuck? Someone once said, life is a result of intentional habits, decisions, choices. Good that you guys stuck around at Chelsea and have archived a fair share of the emotions and sharing it to lost souls and newbies alike. I also know a little bit about the commitment involved allowing you to do what you're doing. 
In 2017, I found myself on the board of a local TV station looking for ideas. For nearly two years, I co-produced a live streaming talk show with fans from Armenia Bielefeld. Following on from that, I co-produced a short film fan documentary, I suppose a little similar to your The Passion and the Glory, with a friendly filmmaker about the emotions of fans following a record-breaking promotion specialist Armenia Bielefeld over 50 years and ping-ponging back to the then-current 2019-20 season. This, regardless of setbacks like hospital operations and lockdowns. Back to your mention. Yes, Cobham. No one could have predicted the Chelsea Academy in Stoke Darbanon. More chance of an alien invasion. One of my better school friends' fathers was the groundsman at the Charing Cross sports fields. I spent a fair bit of time there. How does our, manage, how does our current manager call it? That's life. Best regards, Jeff Lowry. I mean, that's just brilliant. What a way to finish. Um, I'll tell you what, mate. You know, he should write a book. I mean, what a fascinating story. We've got Mark Meehan listening in tonight, who, uh, you know, helps out with Marco on Gate 17. Jeff, you should write this down, mate. It sounds like an absolute belter of a, of a story following Chelsea and all sorts of other things. What do you think, JK? Wonderful. I love this insight into, into people's maintaining support for the team despite life taking over completely and uh, buffeting them off and yet at the same time it's it's just so in their blood it's they're just rooted to it i think it's fabulous fabulous mail brilliant love it really love it it is indeed well well done jeff and uh, i i hope you pop into discord now you've got the link and if you ever find yourself over in the manor give us a shout and uh you know we might try and help you if you need a ticket but we'll certainly have a beer or three with you It'd be lovely to meet you I, I, we've got some stories to share i believe given what you said in there um well there we go that is all we've got time for tonight now jk and i will be back tomorrow night for the preview show uh looking ahead to uh matt the saturday match against southampton and of course looking back at uh wednesday night's match against borussia dortmund uh, we've got Mark Meehan with us as he's informed us he's in Mixler tonight as we speak so that'll be a crack in fact Mark was out in Dortmund so it'd be really great to get his take on what happened out there of course it's always much more fun when you know one of us has been to the game as he has um, as you've probably heard I've been mentioning Patreon uh, almost deliberately like um, what do they call it subliminal advertising there you go I've been doing a bit of that tonight um, it's, been it's been in your face okay in your face advertising okay. yeah i'm just trying to play it down mate but you're right it's been in your face you're dead right uh well there's a reason for that because um other than the fact we get a bit of money you know every month to you know do whatever we do with it um <clears throat> it also means that um you get some fringe benefits so if you do like what we do uh and you want to contribute uh in a fiscal way uh, then become a Chelsea Fancast patron. Um, all you, I mean, look, there's no pressure here. They're really, I, you know, honestly, we love you all equally, whether you donate or not. So don't feel compelled to at all. And if you do, it doesn't have to be a lot. Uh, it's a donation every month. And it is patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Uh, and if you do want to do that, then you will be entitled to a Kerry Dixon banner. And I've got loads to send out. So I, I need to get my shit together and do that for you people soon. You've been waiting long enough. And I apologise. Being busy is no excuse. So I will do that. Uh, so yeah, you can get a, a, a Kerry Dixon mini banner. And uh, also you'll get a link to join our Discord group. Where it is basically like uh, Mixler 24-7. 
many of the same people frequent both and it's great and uh, i pop into discord now and again as to several others of the uh, the chelsea fan cast so there you go it's great fun uh, we've just we've thoroughly enjoyed your emails tonight they've been absolutely brilliant i'm beginning to really warm to these in off the post shows jk Mm, I agree, Chich. Wonderful. It's great. It's lovely. Just sitting really with you. I mean, no disrespect to all the others who are on our show who, who we love hugely, but it's I quite like, you know, it's quite nice. It's just different just doing a show with you. We have a bit of a giggle, you know. It's, it's, yeah, as I say, it's, it's, uh, it's, and I'm not interrupted other than by you. You get so much more airtime, don't you? Bless your heart. No wonder you look so fucking happy. I should have figured it out, shouldn't I? It's as simple as that. You're such an oxygen thief, and that's why I love you. Oh, it's, it's taken me two hours to figure this out. What a knob, <laughs> knob I am. I don't know. Anyway, look, if you want your email, what? We bounce off each other terribly well. No, I no. do. We get on hugely. I love you to pieces, as you well know. And it's a real pleasure doing shows with you, whether it's with other people or, or just you. So there we go. Uh, it, do you know what? The other thing is, actually, I know why I'm also warming to it. It's, it, it. It reminds me of the love sport, not the ones we did on a Friday night. But, you know, I, I was a famous radio presenter for a very short time span in my otherwise very uninteresting life um and of course i was the presenter and i used to have somebody else on the show with me it was only ever a two header and i fucking loved it it was great fun so it's kind of bringing back warm fuzzy memories of that in a way the double act isn't it really yeah. that's the thing hinge and bracket mate there you go what would we be what um, would we be oldie and oldie no no youngie and oldie statler and wardorf um what did we say earlier um uh, pterodactyl and Dipl- diplodocus <laughs> something like that <laughs> anyway if you want your email uh or, or well if you want an email read out on the show whether it's on monday or in off the post or uh, whenever we get round to doing it uh send them to chelseafancast at gmail.com uh you can also you know you'll get them read out if you send them anywhere where you find us and that's usually on social media at chelsea fancast on all the socials that we're on uh, you can find Jonathan on Twitter at Jonathan Kidd and me at Stamford Chidge, of course. Jonathan, old Bean, as I said a minute ago, it's been an absolute delight uh, doing another one of these in off the post with you tonight. You, you're on great form and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. I look forward to it tomorrow, Chidge. And yeah, these are great. So guys, send them in. We love it. It's great. And it, it's I think we've evolved a nice thing. You bring up so many good points and the fact that we can discuss the points in the middle of the email and the email becomes the focus of the point. I think it's it's... It's absolutely it's a terrific idea. And you you write such good stuff and it's such thought provoking stuff. And I love the fact when people just come up with an idea and think, what if what if this is the situation? It's it's so you're not decided as well. We're looking for debate and you're providing the 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 question in the first place. And the you're, you're the, the the center of the, the debate for us. And I think that that's absolutely brilliant. So uh, and at the other side is also these excellent emails we're getting re- revealing people's involvement with the club and in which we're happy to to communicate with everybody else because i think they're just lovely documents and mm. lovely sentiment from 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 supporters who've, who've had really interesting lives and yet still managed to get back to watch the to watch the the, the team i think it's uh still have this this emotional connection to the to team i think it's brilliant really really good stuff and and you're right and i think what happens with a with an in off the post show is that we do them all justice whereas i always feel that when we get them on a monday we're shoving them in at the end of the show and trying to i'm, I'm getting grumpy because i want to go to bed and we just whiz through them i shut you all down say no don't discuss it anymore i want to fucking finish the show you know it's not the same is it i i, I so i think this show is 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 top banana actually i think because it does exactly that we give more time to the to the questions and the the really interesting views that people have on the club it, it, yeah. and the 
incidents happening at the time. It's just, uh, as you say, towards the end, we tend to do them. That's a nice email, blah, 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 blah. And we're, and we're, we're off because it's the, the very end of the show. So I think this is this is really appropriate for the uh, the content that we're yeah, getting. Definitely. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Right. Brilliant, JK. Well done, mate. I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, you lot in Mixler, lovely to see you all as always, particularly Stu Kinner. I haven't seen him for ages. It'd be lovely to see him. Uh, right. Thank you for listening. See you Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chills. Yeah, It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.